Good evening. Good. Oh, that's the wrong one. <laughs> good, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special Friday night edition of the Sea Report. Um, this is kind of like an unexpected edition, but not so unexpected because it's kind of something that I've been wanting to do for a minute. All right. So before we get into it, because I did come on in like maybe a couple of minutes early because I just couldn't help myself. Uh, let me see what we got going on tonight. Um, let's see here. <laughs> All right. I'll probably wait a couple more minutes for people to kind of trickle in. If it, Oh, looks like people are trickling in. Hey, D. Richard, what's going on over at the Foxhole? How you doing tonight? Um, yes, um, we are doing a special. I was going to say it's kind of like a movie night in a way. Um, like, you know, like a watch party or something. But not really that, though, because it's not essentially a movie. Um, it's related to a movie that I would like or a documentary I would like to share with you all at some point. And you all probably have probably already seen this before. Um, I would imagine, uh, maybe not, who knows, um, but you're probably also wondering who on earth is Patrick Berge, right? So I was going to go ahead and, uh, um, yeah, I've got, I've got a few things to say on this topic. So uh, if any of y'all know who Patrick Berge is, go ahead and let me know in the chat box, but otherwise that's all good. That's all good. Let's see here. It's kind of like a cash night right now. Like right now, if you noticed, I'm not in my suit and tie. So I just wanted to do some extra stuff with you guys tonight to see, 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 I was maybe just try and gauge y'all's thoughts on some of these things. Cause um, if y'all are familiar with Patrick Berge, then y'all, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to gauge it. I only know based on what I know about the man and uh, some of the things. So now you've probably heard me talk about Patrick Byrne. I know you guys know who he is because he was at the Health and Freedom Conference they had up in Tul Tulsa, Oklahoma uh, this past weekend. So um, if you didn't know who he was, then you probably got a sense of who he was um, anyways. But uh, Patrick Byrne, along with people like uh, Lynn, uh, Sidney Powell and uh, Mike Lindell and Lynn Wood, all of these people kind of travel in the same circles. And that would include uh, that would include the circle of President Donald Trump. Now, that's something that some people may not know is that all these people have been heavily involved with helping him and his administration. From what I understand, of course, I'm not I'm not there myself. I'm not embedded with them, so I couldn't. I mean, it's not my story to tell the details. But from what I understand, from what I've been knowing about these pe people. Um, like, well, I shouldn't say these people, I should say these patriots. Uh, they're, they're good people to know, and they're people that I think should definitely be on y'all's radar because they've been working behind the scenes this entire time to help our country, to help America, to save America from uh, what would have been an inevitable fall into uh, socialism and communism and probably worse. Uh, in some instances, I almost think that things like... Um, progressivism could be much worse than uh fascism um but i mean hey i don't know how you would i don't know how you would gauge that or measure that because i don't think we've ever seen what that ugly beast would look like once it's fully out in the open and it's exposed so d richard says he's never heard of him so i think tonight uh it might be a good night for you guys um so 
I was going to title this episode because it's more like a special. And what we're going to do is we're going to run uh, an interview that Patrick Berge had recently um, on the air uh, with, uh, uh, I, I guess I would say, a fellow patriot from afar. Uh, but we'll get to that in just a minute. Um, but I was originally going to title tonight's episode Traitors in Our Midst. Um, but I thought that might be too, too dramatic. Um, and I thought also uh, it might cause some sort of conflict for those of you who may or may not be aware of this story um, or the storyline behind it. But let me go ahead and give you guys some context tonight um because there's a there's a whole bunch of different ways i've thought about presenting this idea uh this this tale i'm going to share with you guys and and that was that you know i i originally wanted to start doing like a watch party for a documentary that i found to be extremely insightful um extremely jarring in the manner of truth that it spoke to me and um, all of the information that was included inside of this documentary. And <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I found out some people haven't even seen Money Masters. And that one's like one of the oldest ones in the book. That's the one that woke me up. Um, God, what a technical film to be woken up to. Of course, that one was about the Federal Reserve and the central banks. And that was only the start of it. Uh, once I started to, I, I mean, essentially be red-pilled, if you want to borrow that nomenclature, for what I'm talking about. Um, but now the documentary that I'm showing, um, that I'm talking to you about, and we're not going to watch that documentary tonight. I think if you guys are interested, then maybe we can watch it another night. I don't think that there would be anything wrong with it. It's very important information. I'm more than doubly sure that the, um, that the creators of that documentary would not mind someone like me sharing it um, because they were not doing it for the money. They were doing it to get the information out. And then incidentally, that information was, um, it was, it was, it was blackballed, it was banned, it was censored, it was sequestered, whatever you want to call it, um, the powers that be, and I'm talking about the top, top, maybe not the top, top, I'm talking about the top, top, at least in the States, from what I understand, and my understanding, um, went, went out of their way far and wide to, um, to make sure that no one saw this, and in fact, it was one of the uh, it was one of the documentaries that we played originally at Q and A holes um, that we replayed on our channel that got us banned. Uh, it was it was one of those essential strikes that they give to you whenever you cross the line. And you know, whenever you start, and I know you guys out there in the independent patriot field and uh, all of the patriots who tune in. I know all of y'all have um, ha have experienced this at one point or understand it at least. When you're over the target, that's when they come at you the hardest. And that's not to say that we in Q&A holes were always over the target, you know, but uh, most definitely for, um, for a podcast that had no bigger than a group of three to maybe, maybe numbers that we didn't know, 300 to 500, you know, viewers um, and subscribers, at, there, I didn't really see any reason why they should come after us. Like, why would you go after a small time independent uh, a group of individuals who are putting out podcasts about America first, about supporting Trump, about being involved in, in Q and stuff like that? And um, or at least at least adhering to some of the posts that were being put out, like on the Q boards and stuff like that. Why would you go after a, a tiny ass little organization that that? 
I mean, three to 500 subscribers, you know, like that's not a lot guys, but that's why we always thought, you know, well, when you're over the target, they come over you. Uh, same thing happened when we started talking about pedophilia, when we started talking about pedo gate and pedo wood. And it wasn't even so much like the pedo gate thing, because we all know that that pedo gate thing got blown out of proportion when that guy went into that, um, was it ping pong pizza or comet, comet pizza? When that guy went to Comet Pizza looking for the children's basement, which was probably a basement at one of the adjacent buildings or adjacent businesses on the same block that we saw pictures from Instagram. All of y'all guys remember, right? Y'all remember everything that was going on with the Podesta brothers that was going on with that Elephantist guy who was the boyfriend of the guy who worked for Media Matters, like all of that stuff, guys, like all of that. Um, um, and somehow all of that comes back to it but 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 bergy and and um the other uh, whistleblower that he worked with and also the reporter who made this film who i know you guys are familiar with I'll, I'll drop names in a minute if you haven't started google searching yet but um they don't go into pedo gate they don't go into pedo wood they don't talk about that stuff but what they have done in the documentary that they released that was subsequently banned, censored, blacklisted, blackballed, sequestered, everything. And anyone who touched it, anyone who touched it, they got strikes against them. And um, so uh, there was a, lo a lot of information in it, a lot of information. So that's why tonight, um, and, and, and I don't know, I don't know what... Uh, the others involved in, in, in this, would and, and don't worry, I'll start name dropping in a minute. The other ones who were involved in this uh, documentary and also in getting this information out, I don't know how they would feel about, um, uh, I don't know, like like I say, I'm not the kind of person that likes to share a story that doesn't belong to me. And, and definitely I don't have any of the credentials or the experience that these people have, but, but this film, this documentary was totally taken off the map. So uh, anyways, before I, and before I get into it, I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about what got me to this point, this genesis of mine, and, and then why I'm finally going to go ahead and share this with y'all. Um, uh, first of all, let's see who we got in chat. Hey, Liz Garcia, how you doing? Good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, D. Richards, I did say hello. And it uh, looks like we also got Diddy Style 93 in the house. <laughs> Thanks for stopping in. Okay, let's see here. And then also, I want to make sure uh, we are coming to you guys live on uh, the Foxhole app, Twitch, and then let's see here. We should be, uh, we actually use ScrewTube, and maybe I shouldn't say this, maybe because we used to think, we used to joke that, um, we used to joke that, uh, uh, they had like little like SJW college students that they paid over at the screw tube like uh, factories to like hound us. So I was like, maybe I shouldn't say this, but we actually use screw tube now to kind of archive some of our stuff so we can like get around the, the webs because like, for example, over on our uh, web page, um, we, I mean, we don't have the money to like have our own server to like store our own videos to do our own live streams off of our um off of our website. I mean, it would be great, but you know, like everything else has been provided for us to keep doing what we're doing. Um, so I'm, we're just going to keep walking this path, you know, and uh, now we have a, an outlet to really kind of speak and, and hopefully reach people on a different level. So I don't know if you guys have got the sense of it, but this is really important to me. Um, and I really, really, um, I'm really happy that I get to share this information with you guys tonight. Now, as I was going to say, um, uh, let's see. 
I'm an East Dallas cat, brother. All right, I like it. I've watched your show a few times and dig it. Thanks, Diddy Style. Texas here too. Love my state. So um, also awesome, awesome. All right, cool, 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 cool. Okay, so all right, let's talk a little bit about... Um, uh, We'll get to Patrick Berge in a minute, because let me tell you what, Patrick Berge is going to give you a lot of information tonight. There's going to be a lot of information. If you are someone who likes to dig, Diddy Style, I don't know if you like that kind of digging or not, but I, I like the kind of digging you got going. Hey, Joe, what's going on? Um, what do you call it? Uh, if you're the kind of person that likes to dig, I would definitely recommend maybe getting a pen and a paper or having a notepad on your laptop already. I don't know how you want to do it. Or you know what? The replay will come in the rebroadcast so you guys can check it out then. I would recommend that you pass this along to any of uh, those who you think might be interested, whether they're in the Patriot family of yours or anyone who might be woke or maybe people who need or you feel need to know this information. Um, it's to me, it's vital. It's vital. And um, these uh, like Patrick Berge and also the other people involved with him, they they were all very instrumental in assisting President Trump and his team when it came down to finding out some of the people who have been working against them. Um, I mentioned in today's broadcast earlier when we were talking about that, uh, that extinction reaction group from um, over out across the pond in Europe. We talked about the Sunrise Movement, right? Sunrise, I kept calling it Sunshine. Uh, we talked about the Sunrise Movement. Let me talk to you a little bit about the Sunrise Movement first, and then we'll get into the documentary, and then we'll get into uh, talking a little bit more about Patrick Berge. You're gonna guy, you guys are gonna get a lot of information tonight, and and this information has been out there. Really, it's been out there, but it's been sequestered and banned. Like I said. And not only that, but the makers of this documentary came under such fire from everyone. They had the military industrial complex going after them. They had all matters of media going after them. They had nationals going after, like people from like heads of state and, and they, they had everyone going after them. In fact, in fact, the reporter who put this film out was arrested and that person was placed under a gag order so they couldn't talk about it. But what has since surfaced is that it is most likely that the National Defense Authorization Act, wherein they can go ahead and, um, you know, like uh, jail reporters, like a press member, a journalist, was actually arrested because of this document. And and they they were placed under a gag order so that this way you they could not tell the story of what was going on. Like they used uh, a lot of shenanigans and and they also basically smeared her name uh, because even the person who was the supposed victim of this journalist's crime was like, no, that's not what happened. That's not what happened at all. So there was a lot of shenanigans going on here, guys, a lot of shenanigans. Um, okay. So I said I was going to talk to you guys about something. Someone remind me. No. Um, so, okay. So before we get into uh, Patrick Berge and the documentary, um, let me see here. Let's see. Sorry, getting into the chat. Sorry, guys. My mind is going a little bit of it everywhere right now. Let me pull this up real quick. So like I said, um, this whole thing, though, that, that and it really struck me was with the NDA being used against a journalist and no one cared. No one seemed to care about it. And uh, this is what I was going to say is that uh, not only was it like the media that was going after them, not only was it like the military industrial complex and other things uh, within that sphere, it was also the independent 
Patriot Media. That's right. Some of some of the people I used to look up to, uh, some of the names and organizations whom I thought were there for us, were there for America first, were there for President Trump and his fight against the deep state and the shadow government or whatever it is that you want to call it. Um, it was it was quite devastating. Now, one of those individuals I had kind of already stopped following. And I say the word follow, but I had I had stopped, you know, uh, paying attention to. And there were reasons for that that had nothing to do with uh, the outcome of this situation here. Um, and maybe we can talk about that in a little bit now. OK, so here's what we're talking about. Uh, let's see here. OK, cool. Um, who is Patrick Berge? Patrick Berge, um, he is a whistleblower. Um, who is basically the pioneer of um, IIA. Uh, if any of that rings uh, familiarity with you guys, just let me know in the chat. But um, IIA is um, Internet. Oh, wait. Uh, it, is, it, is, uh, it is Interactive Internet Activity. Um, I probably said that a little bit wrong. I should put it in my notes, but I'm a little nervous right now, guys. Sorry about it. Um, so th this uh, interactive internet activity, uh, it's, it's basically it was uh, programs and um, softwares that were used uh, by um, the military industrial complex would be the easiest way to sum it up. But Patrick Berge created it. And this was so that this way what they would do is they would use internet interfaces like Facebook. Twitter, even even MySpace was involved in this at the jump. And they would use that to uh, find out information about, you know, groups of people or what have you, and then use that information to set up algorithms and stuff like that to influence them, because that way they could get, um, they could kind of figure out what it was that might either made them tick or, or made them react a certain way. And then they would, they could then um, manipulate and maneuver whatever kind of in real life social conditioning or, or ac actions that they wanted them to take. So uh, for example, there was a lot of question about whether or not like some events like the riots that we see uh, that were happening um, uh, over race, race riots and stuff like that uh, could actually have been internet activity, this interact interactive internet activity. And um, so in this whole process, uh, um, what you find out is that not only were these uh, people using this abroad to like shape um, the outcome of voting, to shape the outcome of elections, to shape wars uh, and things like that, uh, that eventually it got to where American politicians like John McCain and Barack Obama were using that on the American people to influence elections and stuff like that. So um, that's where like the that's kind of like kind of like the crux of that. So. All right. So uh, let me see here. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm just like, you know, uh, we got a few more people in the chat. Hey, RMA, what's going on? Glad you're hanging out with us tonight. All right, guys. So let me just start to break it down. Um, now, you guys probably I'm willing to bet have heard someone's knocking on my door. Um, I'm willing to bet you guys have heard about um, Shadowgate. Okay, so Shadowgate is the documentary that I'm talking about that um, was banned 
and it was censored and it was stripped from everywhere on the uh, internet. And um, Shadowgate uh, became a very heavily controversial and demonized documentary. Um, I couldn't understand why. Uh, when I first saw the movie, I was just confounded by the wealth of information in there and everything that it said. And, and you know, I'm definitely the kind of person who, in my years of, like, looking up this information, um, of, of, of researching, of listening to people and opinions and perspectives and news analysts and all of that stuff, um, that uh, it rang true to me because basically I've gotten to the point where if I, I kind of like get that gitchy feeling or I smell bullshit, you know, like I just, it turns me off, you know, and so I don't pay attention to it. Or what I do is I take whatever jewels of truth that ring in my soul true and I hold on to those for a later time. Uh, so when I saw Shadowgate, like my jaw was literally on the floor. Now that this came with a lot of controversy. Shadowgate came with a lot of controversy. Um, people immediately attacked the creators of this. Now, uh, the main person who put this together was Millie Weaver. Um, Millie Weaver was, of course, if you guys remember, with uh, Alex Jones and the InfoWars outfit. Now, I never worked with Alex Jones. Um, I was in Austin for 10 years, and I, I did meet the man a couple of times. I did attend some, um, I did attend some rallies and protests with him. Um, there was one that was untelevised that took place uh, during around the time of the End the Fed movement. Now, this is going back to like 2007, 2008. And when the end the fen movement was going on, of course, you had all of us people. This is before Antifa, guys. This is before the time of Antifa. This is when Antifa was first uh, the Occupy movement. I don't know if you guys remember the Occupy movement, but it was a bunch of uh, basically like kids who would just occupy areas and they'd set up tents and stuff like that. Well, that was kind of like the birthing cesspool of Antifa. Um, as it would turn out, incidentally. And um, so back then we were, I mean, it was all about end the Fed. We had Ron Paul in office, you know, I'm not in office. I wanted him to be in office. Uh, in retrospect, I think uh, his policies might have been a little bit too stringent or austere for America. Like Ron Paul, of course, he was like libertarian. He believed in very limited government. And he wanted to end the Fed, which to me, that's what woke me up. The Federal Reserve being a central bank, being that that is also a privately owned bank. It's not a bank that is owned by the Fed or, you know, the likes, but it, it is um, it is it is actually owned by private people. And if you're not familiar about what that really means for uh, like the value of our currency and our economy and how they control, maybe you have heard of things like the boom and bust cycles, inflation, deflation, and stuff like that. All that technical economic stuff, you know, for not for being someone that doesn't like math and stuff like that. I was, it, it really, it got, I, I, I got it, you know, like, because what the Fed has done and, and Trump did nationalize the Fed in uh, March 27th, I think it was 2020 or 2019, 2018, 2018, I think it was, it, no, I think it was 2020. It happened right. It happened right when Corona happened. So it was March 27, 2020, when Donald Trump nationalized the Federal Reserve. 
right? 17 Angel says he saw Shadowgate when it first came out. Cool. I'd like to know your opinion on Shadowgate and all of the stuff that went around it or what you thought about the film. Um, if you have a moment, 17 Angels, just to pop in there, because I really do want to know um, who in this audience might have seen it and what y'all thought about it, because there was a lot of controversy that came out around this film. Okay, so getting back to the Fed, that's what woke me up. And, and the way they debased our currency, of course, these people use fiat currency. So they literally create money out of thin air. It's not like they have anything like gold or silver to back it up. Of course, we're not on the gold standard. We're not on a silver standard or any kind of, uh, you know, um, hard backed currency. So when that happened, uh, when I realized that, I was like, wait, so the Federal Reserve is a private bank run by private citizens, not a federal. It's not it's not run by the people. In other words, is what I'm trying to say. It's run by private bankers. They make money out of thin air. They lend the money to the United States of America with an interest attached to it, right? And then we have to pay it back. And and what has been kind of slowly discovered, but not really put out into the light, because the Fed has never had a public audit of their books, so we don't really know. Um, and and they've they claiming that they want to be politically independent have barred Congress from like doing an audit of their books, you know, and that's not to say that they haven't tried. They have definitely tried over the years to do that, you know, but so they print our money out of nothing, lend it to us at interest, and then we pay it back via the income tax. So that's another thing that other people don't understand. When the Federal Reserve, a central bank came to America, the IRS was created shortly thereafter. And that was to recoup the interest that we owed them as a nation since they did the banking for us. But they made this money out of thin air. So that makes no sense. But wait, how are we going to pay them back if we're using the money they lend us to pay it back, right? Like it makes no sense. So they're charging us interest on a nothing monetary based policy. That's where you start getting that bubble because now we have to borrow money to pay them back. And then at the same time, there's more interest created on that borrowed money that we use to repay. Same concept is why you cannot pay a credit card with a credit card. You're going to go into the negatives. And that's where we are today. And that's why our um, that's why our dollar has been so debased, devalued. That's why you can't buy, you know, five pieces of candy for a penny anymore. And it's very counterintuitive because you would think that with all of the advances in modern technology, with all of how cheap it has gotten to ship and to do this and to that, and we have the line, assembly lines, whatever, we have, we have automation, you would think that things would get cheaper because there's less manpower in the manufacturing of it, right? So that's kind of like a quick summation of how I woke up to the Federal Reserve. And then you find out like who's who's actually sitting on the Federal Reserve. You find out that it, it, it's kind of tied to the Rockefellers, to the Rothschilds, to the Carnegies, to other names that we are all familiar with, right? They're all tied into that. So that's what woke me up, right? And then I'm at, you know, end the Fed rally supporting Ron Paul and Alex Jones is there and stuff like that. And there was always something about this man. And, and I get into trouble when I talk about this. I get into trouble when I talk about this, like when I talk about religion. And, and please understand, it's always from a place of respect and love. I don't just trash people, you know, but like with Alex Jones, even in meeting him, even in being there, like I'll never forget, there was this one untelevised event that I was at where we were at the Capitol and we stormed the Capitol. It was a good old fashioned, you what, what would they call it nowadays? An insurrection, right? Well, all of us, there was like a, maybe a hundred, 
to 200 people there. We all went in with our picket and the Fed signs. We marched into the state capitol. We got, you know, into the office of, of the governor and all that stuff. And like, we were just in there and like, we were like letting him know, well, Alex Jones, who'd been outside on his bullhorn the whole time was like, Rah! and then when we got in there, like he just went to the back of the room and he was just laughing and joking with some people. I don't know who it was that he was talking to. It might've been uh, listeners or other viewers. Uh, I don't remember. I just know that, you know, I, I mean, I get it. If he was trying to say like, Oh, well, you know, we're going to have, we're going to have the people do it because if I do it, obviously they're not going to care. We need to see the people stand up. Okay. I get that. You know, but there were other things in line with that to where I was kind of like, Hmm. Uh, you get me there, but you never go all the way. And, and I get it. We, as, uh, as the citizens, as the sovereign people, we need to be the ones who are actually doing that legwork and who are actually, we need to trust on ourselves to get us to that point. We can't rely on other people to do it anymore. We can't rely on the talking heads. We can't rely on the people who talk on uh, TV. Like, obviously we can't trust the legacy and the lamestream media. We can't rely on those who we always thought would get us there because what we're finding out is that most of this is interactive internet activity. Like, uh, just to be completely 100% honest, you know, even though, like, I know I'm not involved with any of these these type of shadow figures, I, I'm pretty sure no one else in Q&A holes is, but anyone who does a program and talks about politics and stuff like that, or talks about current events, or and, and is not even essentially news, is essentially IIA. So even though I'm not IIA, I, I could be IIA because I'm still providing that web or net of influence, right? And um, that's kind of a hard pill for some people to swallow, um, especially if they're not from that evil ilk that you know, the movie, the documentary Shadowgate talks about. Because Shadowgate, um, let me let me see here, because I wrote some notes down because I knew I was going to be nervous. Um, Shadowgate, basically, it exposed the connection between retired generals in the military industrial complex. And we're talking about like General Jim Jones. We're talking about General Michael Hayden. We're talking about General uh, McChrystal. And there's a few other ones in there. There's a uh, four of them that are ahead of it. And I think we could probably put, uh, we could probably put General uh, Lloyd Austin uh, retired um, because he he sat on the head of Raytheon. Uh, he was a board member. He's worked with the military industrial complex his entire life. And the first order of business that uh, General Lloyd Austin, who is the current Secretary of Defense under Biden, um, who also is in charge of the 10th Mountain uh, Mountaineer troop or whatever, the, the ones that we saw uh, uh, during the uh, inauguration that went to go protect them. Because I know there are a lot of Q followers out there that were like, all oh, right, the 10th Mountain Rangers or whatever the heck they were called. I can't remember the 10th, whatever. Um, if you guys know in the chat, throw it out. Um, Everyone thought maybe these were the guys, the good guys. These were the these were the good guys in the military and the army that were going to bring down and and stop this uh, coup of um, inauguration. But Lloyd Austin is in charge of that Tenth Mountain Division uh, of the army, and so I think to me, you know, by Trump taking a step back, they were able to expose who the deep state is inside of the military, because that's the number one thing right now. We've exposed politicians, we've exposed other nations, we've exposed the patriots who are the bad ones, and the ones who are the shills, the ones that we didn't know that were going to be shills. 
That's been exposed in this process. We've exposed in the media who's been in this process. We've exposed the bureaucrats. You know, think about Mary J. Stefan. Do y'all guys know who Mary J. Stefan is? Well, Mary J. Stefan was working for the Pentagon and she went on a sabbatical during this whole inauguration time so that this way she could collude and organize with Antifa and BLM and other, other groups to do an insurrection against the insurrection that they were posing as Biden. And um, that got complicated. And then it came out that Mary J. Stefan was actually talking with Mark Esper, who was the uh, undersecretary or the secretary of defense. Um, I think he was actually the secretary of defense. Mark Esper uh, state um, who is um, he was and he was fired because defense because he was he was he was found on Zoom chats talking with Mary J. Stefan. And and it, again, if you guys didn't see uh, sunriseexposed.com or the Sunrise Movement, again, we talked about it on Q&A holes and I got all of this information from Millie Weaver and they were planning to do some heavy damage during that inauguration, guys, and it was stopped. And I chiefly believe it's also because of the fact that um, they got Esper out of there because they busted him. And they and that was that's huge, guys. Like that could have been a bloodbath, you know. And and then that's not that's not also to say if you guys, I'm sure y'all are aware that even during the January sixth riot, false flag uh, at the Capitol, they found what it was a total of thirteen bombs. Right, there was one at the DNC, one at the RNC, and and like eleven planted around the area. We're very blessed that nothing went way south in that process. Like we're very blessed that nothing happened. So um, that's kind of long and short. Now let me, let me get back into what Shadowgate was about. Um, it exposed the connection between retired generals and the military industrial complex. It exposed internet, uh, interactive internet activity operations. And um, the guy that we're gonna be listening to tonight, Patrick Berge, he's the one that created all of these systems. He created these systems for um, our army for our military. And then, and this was using taxpayer money. Then um, I think he said they, they bought the licensing for it or they, they owned it. So then after that, they started selling it like openly. And so the people who were buying it were people like John McCain and stuff like that. It's crazy. Okay. So um, an internet active internet interactive internet activity operations were used by the military and the secret ops to identify, influence, and cause in real life actions based on what they found or discovered or whatever it is that they wanted to do. Um, Shadowgate also exposed how former CIA director John Brennan used Edward Snowden to create a data bridge from the FISA 702s, which allowed for them to collect the data. So if you guys know about the FISA 702s, that section of it, so basically, this is like um, uh, post 9-11. And now we're getting to this point where like you can uh, the government who they had already been they had already been stealing all our data. When I say data, I mean telephone, chat, Internet searches, anything that you can do online or on phone or anything like that. They started stealing all of that data and, and, and you know, analyzing it, going through it, all that stuff. Right. Well, um, what do you call it? Uh, through the 702s, the FISA 702s, that basically gave them a, a provision. It, it was it gave them a window to where the NSA could collect all your data, right? And then they would have to hold it for 72 hours. 
And after 72 hours, they're supposed to dump the data. So yeah, they're spying on you. Yeah, you're getting put into a dragnet, but after after three days, it's gone. So it's okay. You know, we're just using it to look for like keywords, you know, like whatever keywords they might've been looking for, you know, like I want to do X, Y, and Z to X, Y, and Z, or I'm going to do this to that, you know, threats and stuff like threat terrorism threats. That was the blanket that they used it under. Of course, they'd already been doing it for a long time um, under Brennan and Hayden. Uh, so that was already going on. And then they just legalized it basically with these. And so with this whole 72 hour waiting period, the CIA then director, John Brennan had Snowden create um, basically a data bridge. It was a mirror of the data streams. So you had one of them going to the NSA and then Snowden created a duplicate, right? And from that duplicate, by, uh, I was gonna say Biden, uh, Brennan, John Brennan, the former CA guy who was also the guy behind Barack Obama that you know, helped him shoot up to the top so quickly. Like um, he, um, he then took that, took that data, all of our information, guys, all of our data, all of our conversations, all of our web searches, everything. And he, he basically, he, he, he made a business out of it. Now in, in the, in the documentary, it tells you all, I mean, it tells you the names, like we had, uh, the Atlantic council was part of it. That wasn't it. Um, it was, uh, let me see here. He had, that's uh, escaping my mind. We'll, we'll pop, we'll pop it up in a minute, guys. But um, he had, he had basically like three different ones. Like uh, one of the, one of the businesses that eventually came out of this was Clear Force, and that one's run by Jim Jones uh, directly at the top of that. Um, all very, very much important information. But uh, the Analysis Corporation was one of them, um, and then, then, then there were also ones like the Canadian um, and. Um, Canadian analysis one, like they, they had a whole bunch of different ones. I apologize. I should have written down the names, um, but we can always, we can always maybe do a shadow gate watch party at some point. Um, so anyways, uh, let me see here what else I got. Um, okay. So what, basically what Brennan was doing with our information is he was selling it. So he's selling it to different countries, different companies, whomever wanted our data and they could go through it. They could change it. They could analyze it. They could sell it. You know, he was profiteering off of it. It's very illegal guys. Like we have a fourth and fifth amendment for a reason and that is to protect us from unwarranted searches and seizures well wouldn't you consider people having all of your conversations regardless of how much of an angel you are but if you have all of this information uh you can you really get to know someone it's it's like they say um <laughs> it's like they say like there's another you out there that not even you know that they can determine by your web browsing by the conversations you have in private um, it's that second face. So, all right. So there's that. Uh, that's why I try and be honest, you know, but like, anyways, um, so Brennan has this data bridge that copies the data stream and it goes overseas. So it was housed in Germany was, was one of the main places that it was housed. Um, and, uh, the whole documentary names, a bunch of names. It gives a bunch of examples of how the shadow government looks like and how it works. So if you ever like, well, how does, what do they say shadow government? Because not, not everyone in government, is bad, obviously. I mean, I mean, I know like the SJWs and the commies and all that stuff, they want to say, oh, down with government, government is bad. I mean, very limited government is good to me, but very limited, but, but we govern ourselves, right? So obviously all of this information is compartmentalized. I mean, you can't be a secretary on the ground level and know what the boss is doing on the 30th floor. You know what I mean? So not everyone in government is bad, but then you have these other shadow figures that do the work. And what that film also exposed was that it's actually 
contractors who do that work. And let me tell you, all the receipts are in the film. So, and, and it names them, especially when we're talking about General Jim Jones, we're talking about General Michael Hayden. Like these are former, these are retired generals from, from our United States military and army and other divisions who are doing this. And it was really these guys who have been pulling the strings against Donald Trump and the America First Movement from the jump. Like, if not even more so, other people ahead of them. But these guys, really, guys, it's it's a uh, mm -hmm. it's pretty heavy. So uh, you can see why a documentary like Shadowgate was banned and censored completely, like outright. Like they attacked hard. Now, um, when they first started to ban Shadowgate, it was pretty much banned right out the gate. Um, as the story goes, and again, it's not my story to tell, but from what I've seen. Um, Millie Weaver and her husband had finished the film and they were set to release it on the day that she was arrested. And they had started to upload it into the computer system. And while that happened, the knock on the door came, kind of like a knock just came at my door. And, um, <laughs> and I, yeah, anyways, okay, we're not going to worry about that. Um, so... <clears throat> The whole debacle, and you guys, if you if you know the story, that's cool. If you don't, we'll keep on going. Um, uh, Millie was being arrested on charges of like theft or burglary or something like that, and and it was it was supposedly against her own mother, and her mother fought that and was like, from what I understand, from what I've heard and seen on, on the net and stuff. Cause you know, I don't know these people personally, but like um, her mother was like, no, that's not what happened. But basically whenever they had, they, there had been a report filed of a disturbance. Right. So when that happened, the powers that be formed a grand jury based on that. And she can't talk about this because she is um, she's gagged. And if she does, she goes back to jail. Right. So and she's not gagged. But let me tell you what, all of this stuff, it gagged me. But like um, whenever whenever that happened, they, they opened up basically a grand jury on her and they just started collecting data. And that's something that this is under the provision of law. Like they can they can start to do this and not even give you a reason, not tell you why. They're just going to keep on doing it because they can under their cover of law. So they used all that information and eventually they, they used that to arrest Millie. She and her husband went to jail. Um, there was a whole other like debacle that came out of this. And this is where we get into Alex Jones. Alex Jones fires her. Now, there's a lot of people like that I have talked to in the independent patriot media uh, and, and in the independent patriot scene and in the patriot scene in general, the America First scene also, those who were fighting for Trump, those who were following Q. And the minute I said the name Millie Weaver, they're like, ah, you know, like they're like, no, like they don't, they didn't like her. They thought she was a shill. They thought she was a sellout. They thought she was a bad guy, right? They wanted to follow Alex Jones into the swimming pool and go for a swim with him. Don't go swimming with Alex Jones, guys. And so um, the, the thing that they didn't realize is that Millie Weaver had been with with Alex Jones since 2012, guys. Like she and some of you guys who are, who may know. I mean, I I was a listener of Infowars at that time. I remember when they did the journal competition and she submitted her reports and he hired her and she became part of the team. It was her and Jakari Jackson and I don't even know what happened to Jackson. You know, I, I heard he's making comic books now, but like um, that's that's what that went. And Millie stuck with it until he fired her. 
Um, and that was in August of last year uh, after she released Shadowgate because dang, this is where I was like, we're starting to see some true colors come out here. Now I had stopped listening to Alex Jones shortly after he had been censored. He had been censored. Do you guys remember when Alex Jones got censored? Um, he was censored back in 2018-ish. It was during the Trump-Hillary campaigns. It was during that whole time. No, was it 2018 or is it 2016? 16, guys. It was 16, I think. Um, so, well, look, this will help me out here. Le I'm, okay, now, guys, cover your eyes. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to put something on the screen that might startle you. And it might be someone that you don't want to hear from. But this is when I had my wake up moment for Alex Jones because something was not right. I had to dig into it a little bit, but this is what I got. All right, guys, you've been warned. Avert thine eyes. Ah! Okay. All right. Yeah, it's the demon queen herself, Hillary Clinton. All right. Do you, do you, let me see if you guys remember this speech. I'm going to go ahead and play it for you guys real quick. It's a very, very short, but when I heard this, something was up for me in my mind, and I kind of just followed my heart from then. It's also what happens when you listen to the radio host, Alex Jones, who claims that 9-11 and the Oklahoma City bombings were inside jobs. He even said, and this really just is so disgusting, he even said the victims of the Sandy Hook massacre were child actors and no one was actually killed there. I don't know what happens in somebody's mind or how dark their heart must be to say things like that. But Okay, so yeah, that's exactly what I wanted y'all to hear. When she called him dark heart, because I, I remember I listened to his program after that, after that happened, and he was all, she called me dark heart and stuff like that. I was like, man, I was like, something's not right. It's like she's looking at the camera kind of funny, you know, and like, uh, I mean, it wasn't just exactly that. It was something inside of me that was telling me something wasn't right. So shortly thereafter, I stopped listening to Alex Jones. And I don't know how my mind made the connection. But do you remember when Joe Biden said dark winter and there was an allusion to something? So I was like in and then this whole censor thing happens with him and I could just see it playing out in this way if Clinton had gotten in and Alex Jones had been censored. The door was open wide for them to censor and attack anyone who questioned any narrative that the government and the media put out. And I thought that is very convenient because Alex Jones was the number one proponent at that time, right? So I don't know how my mind made the jump, but um, there is a book called Operation Dark Heart. And that book is um, by a former lieutenant, I think it was Anthony Schaefer, maybe. God, I thought I put it in my notes. Um, but that book, that book, which was about, uh, I think, some dealings in Afghanistan, was censored. That book was censored. The government went after it. After it was published, they retracted all the copies. They censored the book. And then eventually they published it again. So I was like... Could Dark Heart be the code for Alex Jones to then self-censor? Anyways, I know that's a jump, guys, <laughs> but um, but that was that's how my mind worked. And and then come to find out later on, all this other stuff happens. So then we get to where Millie Weaver is arrested, 
Um, and you have basically, and this is this is like the inside baseball that I mean, I can only testify to what I feel and what I've known and connecting some dots. And I could be wrong. And if I am wrong, you know, by all means, Millie, Tori, Patrick, come and correct me. But it, it was said that they used the NDAA to go after Millie as a uh, as a threat, a terror threat against the nation. She was a national security threat. So they had to take her out. Do you remember when they're talking about like uh, Obama could go after reporters and they were using drones to kill people authorized through the NDAA? That's what we're talking about. But then all of a sudden you have uh, like, for example, a journalist, an American journalist in another country, uh, something happens with them, you know, and like, People in America go crazy. The media goes crazy. The politicians go crazy. But nobody said a damn word when they used the NDAA against a journalist, against free speech in the United States of America. That was stunning, America. That was stunning. And so it also said a lot because the ones who really should have been saying something, and of course they used this cover of a burglary or a theft, you know, to... to cover over the fact that there was something that they were going after her for Shadowgate. Um, um, no one said anything. In fact, Jones fires her. Then Jones and Caitlin go on this campaign against her. Y'all guys know who Caitlin Bennett is, right? I lost a lot of respect for that woman or that girl whenever um, whenever this whole thing, because I, I saw this video where she was like, hmm, Millie is like, I'm afraid for her. She's going crazy. She's hanging out with really shady people, blah, 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 blah. And, and there are other things I, I mean, I've heard about, but I don't know well enough to speak about that was going on. But that was just like, okay, guys, what's going on here? But you know what the number one thing was? Now, in, in this film, Shadowgate, um, Millie Weaver introduced two whistleblowers. Okay, now these aren't like shifty shift whistleblowers where you never get to know who they are because in fact, shift's whistleblower was just a wiretap because they had what? They had the mirrored 702 streams to fall on. So they were spying, like Donald Trump said, President Trump, I always call him Donald, the Don. Uh, President Trump said, like President Trump said, they were spying on me. They were spying on me. He kept telling America, they were spying on me, right? So... Um, with th with this, you have uh, the two whistleblowers that were presented in the Shadowgate film, right? That is Patrick Berge, who we'll be talking about tonight. And the other one was um, a woman named Tori Maris, who also has a radio show called Tori Says. I don't know if any of you guys have ever heard of it. I would assume some of y'all have. But otherwise, other otherwise, I was like, okay, okay, so I'm in. Now, let me tell you what. Of course, I go into these things with, like, a clear head and, and, and a discerning heart, you know, and... At first, you know, because I'm not familiar with these people, I'm not, I'm kind of like, I'm leery. I think any healthy, patriotic minded person would be leery of some of these things, you know, like they would be, okay, we have to question it. We have to dig. We have to find the receipts. We can't just take people at their value, right? Um, so I, I stopped, I stopped, uh, I'd already stopped listening to Jones. And, and at that time when Jones went down, X-22 came up. I don't know how that worked, but it did, you know, and then um, at the same time, um, Shadowgate comes out in August, right? And okay, so this film banned, 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 banned. And not only that, people like Infowars, uh, people like Gavin McGinnis and other people in that field, they all demonized Millie Weaver, 
and they demonized the two whistleblowers, Patrick Berge and Tori Maris. Like they demonized the hell out of them. Mudslinging galore. I could go and search for Tori Maris because I wasn't too familiar with Tori Maris at that time. I, I like apparently she had been on the Alex Jones show and I didn't see that. You know, I missed that by a long shot. I saw when I saw live when President Trump was interviewed by Alex Jones like then, you know, but I mean, I'd been listening to him since like 2007 or 2008. So like, um, it was kind of, it was cool. I was like, oh my God, like, this is the guy, like, and I'll never forget because when this whole, like, um, uh, presidential cam campaign came up in 2016, my dog in the race was Rand Paul. I was, I was with Ron Paul, so I was going to go for his son. Um, and so that's who I wanted to win. And I thought, I honestly thought that President Trump was a shill for the Clintons. And I honestly thought he was a ringer and he was going to throw the race for them. That's what I thought, you know, and then as time progressed and I saw what he was doing, I saw the moves he was making. I saw how upset everyone was with him. I was like, there's something else going on here. And so, you know, I'm glad that I was open to that. You know what I mean? So anyways, okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, Napkinator79 in the chat says, Tori's a peace-loving time traveler. All right, Napkinator. Okay, cool. So yeah, so um, getting back to the point, um, they demonized all three of them and everyone that was involved in the making of Shadowgate. But here's the thing that got to me. I was like, you can demonize these people all you want. You can mudsling, or you maybe they're telling the truth, right? But you know what they did not do? These people who quickly threw Millie and, and crew under the bus, they never touched the content of the film. They never once talked about it. They never once exposed it. They never once debunked it. They, they let, buried it. They buried it as far deep as their technical ghettos could go, and they got rid of the film. Now, I got a copy of the film, and I know some of you others have seen it. It's still out there. I mean, it was banned off of band.video, guys. They banned a movie on band.video. Do you know how ironic that is? You got to ask yourself why. Why would they do that? That's what I was asking myself. I was like, why would they do that? Like, why wouldn't they even talk about the film? I was like, all of this information is in this film. Like, if it's not right, then debunk it and steer us in the right direction. You know what I mean? You're our fearless leader, right? That's where I learned I have to be my own leader. You know, I can't depend on these talking heads out here whom I've listened to for years and have puffed me up for them to just come out some way. And now I'm not saying that Alex Jones doesn't love his country. I'm not saying that Alex Jones isn't a good man. But what I am saying is somewhere along the line, he may have been compromised. He may have been blackmailed. Um, I don't know if I could say he was bought. I never took the stance that he was working for the Mossad. My personal opinion is he is on the payroll of these generals, General Jim Jones or Michael Hayden. That's what I personally think unless he's being blackmailed for something else, but I don't know enough to speak about that. So I'm not going to get into that, but um, yeah, that's basically kind of where that goes. Okay, guys. So let me see what else I got in my notes here for you. Oh yeah. The blackballing thing, the way the, the censoring thing of the video, the way I got a hold of it is because the generals and all of the military industrial complex and all of the people involved in this at the top, it's such damning information that if the governments around the world knew what they were doing because our CIA has been involved in colored revolutions and has been involved in regime change for decades, guys. I mean, we're talking at least since they were put into 
like since they were created, you know, like they were they were overthrowing uh, and and replacing um, uh, elected leaders in like what in like in like South America and Central America in the Middle East. We did all of that, guys. Okay, we did all of that, you know. And it's kind of like how Bill Barr actually gave legal advice to the Bush administration. That's Daddy Bush, uh, you know, the one who was executed for treason and crimes against humanity. That guy. Bill Barr gave him legal advice, and then they went and they took out Noriega in Panama. And we don't, we cannot do that. We don't have the powers to do that. Like, what the hell, right? So these are all the same people, right? So they were so scared that all of the other countries and leaders around the world were going to find out what America was doing because this documentary exposed it all that our government went about censoring and banning this video around the world before they did it in America. So Americans still had the chance to see it and get their hands on it. And thank God that happened because we were able to get our hands. I wouldn't have, nope, I would not be here right now if um, if that hadn't been the case. Um, and when I saw this film and I just followed my heart on it. And, and since then, uh, individuals like Tori Maris, who has her Tori Says show, uh, and I'm not saying go see it, um, <clears throat> but like, um, what I am saying is they have proven themselves time and time again since August and that time. And they were on the ground in the White House with President Trump and his administration and all the people that are helping him this entire time. They were in Washington, D.C. having meetings with them. They've been, they're the ones who exposed that uh, insurrection that was supposed to happen at the hands of Mark Esper and Jer Mary J. Stefan. And, and like I'd say, I would say go see uh, the website sunriseexposed.com uh, or go to qnaholespodcast.com. I did a series of three or four articles on them based off of Millie Weaver's uh, investigative reporting. It's legit guys it's legit it's there all the information's golden they have them on film and zoom meetings talking about it discussing it all that good stuff okay so here's where we are now guys <clears throat> what we're gonna do is uh we are going to watch an interview that happened on march 31st with patrick Berge. now like i said and he's gonna explain to you who he is basically but get ready guys because this had a lot of information in it that was blowing my mind even after I had seen Shadowgate. And there is a Shadowgate 2 that is out currently. Um, and supposedly there's a Shadowgate 3 coming on. I, mean, I don't say supposedly. I mean, there's, there is going to be one, I'm sure, but it's been put on hold uh, from what I understand. Again, not my story to tell. They'll tell it when it happens and I will report it when it does. Okay, guys. So I'm going to shut my trap because I think I spoke a lot longer than I was intending to. And uh, we're going to watch this interview with Patrick Berge, so you can kind of get to know who he is. And then um, we'll take it from there. All right, guys. So without further ado, let me get this on the screen. All right. And I'll be hanging out in chat. So thank, thanks for coming in, everybody, again, and enjoying uh, watching this presentation. We'll see what's up, y'all. I'll, I'll be with y'all in the chat in just a few minutes. Until then, enjoy this interview. Just small things. They have to coordinate and organize all of these things. They have to coordinate with the assets they have in the media. And they have to do all of this without any attribution to themselves. Explain it, because it does hurt my feelings. Explain why you wouldn't come here first. I mean, the, the, I'm the pioneer 
of IIA, basically social media fake news. The last place that I'm going to go is a uh, organization called Information Warfare, right? So, again, it wasn't about freaking Trump. It was about them stealing this data, altering it while they're in there enough to create this confusion, and then using that data later on to solidify their power throughout all throughout from, from local to state to federal governments across our country. So basically, the, the Proud Boys is an organization that was founded by a Canadian-funded magazine with partnerships and relationships with uh, uh, CNN and Bill Maher, all big fans of Trump, right? That's who started this. And I, what is it? Is like Infowars, like a honeypot for former FBI uh, uh, informants and, and, and former Stratford employees? No shit. Okay, we'll start talking. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not sure who's interviewing who, but it's the great Patrick Berger. You know, I like and respect him very much. Um, we are not getting married in the spring. We are independent people. We differ on many views, but our commonalities are enough that I'm very happy to talk with him. I think he has brought many, many, many interesting insights into this, particularly revelations to do with denology, General Jim Jones, Roger Stone, and all that, all the way that spreads through into Pumpkinhead himself, Alex Jones, etc. Um, his materials on IIA, Interactive Internet, activities. I've read his book. One of the things I liked about Patrick was he was doing a lot of um, uh, political work before he ever joined the army, which I really admire. Anyone who's out there on the streets engaging in politics, um, I'm immediately attracted to. Um, we're going to range far and wide. Um, we want to talk, perhaps touch on particulars to do with Patrick's latest events, whereby his family has been threatened and the FBI is now involved. And we will talk uh, like a couple of old gossipy schoolgirls on everything that's going on. It's the year 2021. It's a very interesting year. God willing, we'll all get through this. And somehow, Bible prophecy aside, the United States will emerge stronger than ever. That's the fantasy. Patrick, I'm so pleased to finally be speaking with you. Uh, uh, likewise. Uh, likewise, Brenda. Uh, I appreciate you uh, taking the time. We'll just call this your thing. Uh, and uh, um, uh, you've actually, in fact, been doing this a lot, a lot longer than I have. So, you know, I, you probably don't like doing it, I'm guessing, any more than I do. You just kind of like have to. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading you wrong. Uh, I'm I, I just, I accept the fact now. I have to do it uh, to survive, but I'd much prefer to be lobbying behind the scenes or fundraising or something. Yeah, off the radar. Yeah. Same here. I have zero desire to become the next Dan Bongino. But well, we can, we can, but I must say you're looking well. A few of my lady uh, contacts are saying, Patrick's uh, looking good. Have you, have you dyed the hair a little bit? They're, they're asking for your phone number. I said I didn't have it. <laughs> no, no, but how do I get that, uh, what is that, Australian accent? How do I get one of those? Uh, you gotta, you got to talk through your nose, mate, quite please. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, we're so culturally dilute, di, uh, di, diluted with American culture, it's like American voices, accents are just like second nature to us. But yeah, the Australian accent is still going strong, still popular, amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, that's got to go over great with the ladies, I'm sure. Well, I need <laughs> something in my favor. I've got a pimple now, couldn't get my makeup to 
to work on it. Hey, so just let's just let people catch up. Just briefly, one of the things I liked about you, I, I never heard of you. I can't even remember. It was something to do with Shadowgate or before then. But lo and behold, I go to your website, and there at the exact same time as I'm in Iran, I'm in the foothills of Hansa, the home of the foreign minister, Javed Zarif, and I go to your website, and there you are talking about Wiki, WikiLeaks in the same manner I am as being uh, affiliated in some way with Israeli intelligence. So I'm like, wow, you know, this guy is onto it. And I actually look through your website, and you actually talk about Israel. That's one of the things that attracted me to you. Um, we just talked about my views on things. What is your view on Israel and who you prefer to call uh, the military-industrial complex? Just explain that for people, how you view things. Well, you know, it's, it's exactly right. I mean, like, um, I consider all of this stuff the military-industrial complex. It just so happens to have uh, Jews and, and Christians, and I'm guessing probably Hare Krishna's running around in there. Oh, no doubt. I don't. When you think cyber, think of Israel. Look at it as uh, uh, being like uh, uh, a, a particular religion. I look at it as being uh, uh, for profit and uh, uh, power within the military industrial complexes and the corporations that they partnered with, uh, built out these uh, MOUs with, the, the memorandums of understanding with, like Atlantic Council and Facebook to restore election integrity worldwide, literally as uh, the guy that I built the shadow net for um, was chairman of the board. And that was designed to literally destroy uh, election integrity worldwide. So you got to admire their balls on these people, right? I mean, they just come out, if they come out and say, that we're the council on eliminating human trafficking. They're probably freaking human traffickers. And <laughs> if you turn, they you know, have they a good just, sense of humor. They definitely do have a good sense of humor. Well, they've got to, right? So, I look at these all. When I was in, I was in Korea, uh, South Korea for about five years. I remember going to a couple baseball games and. Just like, you know, they had like the Tigers and they had uh, like the Dodgers or whatever. Um, all of these, you know, they, they pretty much built up and, and have rights to use these names. But instead of it being like the Detroit Tigers, it's like the Samsung Tigers and the LG Dodgers. Now, I'm probably screwing those up, but you see what I mean? They have uh, they in Southeast Asia, um, they are they, they don't want to give people identity of a particular community or homeland uh they want to give to build an identity around these corporations right and so you've got these massive entities that have are that are completely in bed with the military industrial complex who happen to be highly highly orchestrated out of uh israel um and highly orchestrated out of china russia and the u.s right but it's that new world order thing um, that we're dealing with here, uh, uh, backed by the military, basically military support of these corporations. And that's, you know, that's the way I look at it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, the international Trotskyites, they don't seem to have any allegiance to anything except banking cartels, I presume. Right. It's all about. You know, that's one thing that you've picked up uh, with my interview with Alex Jones. It's not about the politics. Exactly. It's about the problem. Uh, it's, I've, got that, I've got that recorded. All right, we should 
should play it. I might edit it in for a, for a YouTube version. But when you say it's not about politics and power, you won't understand if they want to use Trump to attack their enemies, they'll use Trump. If they want to attack Trump, they'll attack Trump. It's beyond politics. And I said, yes, when I heard you say that, it was brilliant. Sure, sure. If it benefits them to attack Trump, they will attack Trump. If it benefits them to use Trump to hurt their enemies, they will use Trump to hurt their enemies. It has nothing to it's do with politics. It's all very politics. sociopathic. It's nothing to do with politics. It's all about power and profit. People got to get the politics out of their mind. With it. Once you can accept that, it starts making sense. Yeah. And, you know, and go figure. Uh, you know, I, I uh, agreed to do an interview with who I knew was, you know, someone that worked uh, as a contractor for InfoWars, right? I was literally staying in the InfoWars van while I were was uh, doing this, the InfoWars Info uh, RV uh, in Ohio, while I was recording my interview. And then I, you know, I here I am in, in Austin, uh, sitting around uh, after about a month and a half after uh, that, and I'm waiting to be able to just speak with Alex Jones. I didn't even want to go on this show, but they were kind of like, hey, we did this, you got to go on the show. But I, I wanted to just have like an OTR, an off-the-record conversation with Alex Jones because of his relationship with Roger Stone and, and a lot of discrepancies that I heard between Stone, uh, that, that Stone actually told me, <clears throat> right? And then changed his tune when he realized who I was and why I was asking those questions, right? So, so did he realize you knew who, who General Jim Jones, Denology, and, and his son, is his son James Jones? Uh, well, you know, I meet him at this event, uh, Roger Stone, at this event in Clearwater. Uh, 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 and I walk up to him and I'm like, hey, uh, you know, uh, Patrick Berge here. I understand you used to, <clears throat> I understand, you know, and used to work with like uh, 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 General Jones, Jim Jones in Dynology. And he's like, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. And then I'm like, uh, so did you ever uh, did you ever work with a product called ShadowNet? Because <laughs> I have the flyer for it, right? And that's when he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then, but then when I talk later, he denies having any relationship with them and such. But he does have a he did have a long time connection with Paul Manafort, who's obviously connected to Dynology, through his very website, screenshots. We were his number one partner. So I don't, I didn't know. Uh, I wasn't accusing him of anything. I'm trying to find out facts. I'm trying to find out information to figure out what's going on because there's an attack. I'm watching an attack taking place on our country. Using Patrick, the same could I just interrupt you for a second? What you really divulged there was groundbreaking as far as I'm concerned. It's amazing that the, the mainstream media who seem to be after Manafort and Stone don't seem to pick up on these things at all. Do you have any comment on that? Yeah, I went down and spoke to, uh, I went down and well, I called up uh, Mueller's staff. This was like, I think, 2017, before he was really even on to uh, uh, Manafort. I think half the stuff that they were doing and half the indictments, they were just reading my damn website, right? So <laughs> I, I call them up, though. They may have been, right? All the people, if you go back to my the stuff I was posting, it's listing these. I'm just now, you know, at that time, I, I discovered uh, Manafort's connection to Dynology, oddly enough, through the Stratfor documents, 
that were leaked by WikiLeak, <laughs> who I believe is actually WikiStrat, mm. because that's how we work the nomenclatures. And I believe that it's all connected there. Um, and who was Stratford connected to? Alex Jones. He oh, hires no. oh, oh, don't you dare say that. Oh, Jones right? would be apoplectic if you if you link him right? to Stratford. Yeah, well, I know. Well, they were in the WikiLeaks document, his emails between Stratford. <laughs> and, and by the way, when I show up at fucking InfoWars, right? No shit. I'm looking around. I'm like a SATCOM guy with JCSE. So I understand military satellite, military communications. I'm looking around outside of InfoWars studio at the most high military grade cameras military-grade communications all around the buildings, which, if I remember right, was like Raytheon. And it was a fucking... InfoWars is literally in your face in the middle of the military-industrial complex in fucking Austin, Texas. Yeah, but Jones will, well, Jones will make admissions all day saying exactly that, and then when asked a direct question, say, oh, no, no. <laughs> I'm not thinking, what's Daria, the Russian uh, translator there? She's straight out of Stratford or WikiStrat, isn't she? Oh, I, I have texts between her. I called her out immediately. And they, you know, like when I left there, I'm like, hey, why aren't you guys freaking helping Millie out? Why are you being hesitant about Millie? Well, he's and back in now. He said nice things last week. He said very nice things about Millie. What's going on? Well, they're kind of, well, he's got some issues, doesn't he? Maybe he needs. Maybe, maybe he was wrong in attacking us, and maybe he was getting fucking played. And you know, yeah, maybe I understand. Didn't you see the follow up after when you went on? Drug problems. You went on. You went. Sorry, I'm only. I don't want to interrupt too much, but just to direct you, you might have missed the follow up to your interview. Jones was just looked like. Trembling in fear. He looked in fear. I don't know. The guy just turned up. Patrick Berger just turned up at the thing. I, I, I didn't know anything about what He was panicked. He was panicked. That's why I was so glad I recorded it, but I missed that one recording it because that was the gold. And I saw him backpedaling. He was in fear. I did just show up. When Millie got arrested, I wasn't invited there. I got the damn address from a, a process service that he had online with a lawsuit against him. And I just started knocking on doors until someone answered. I wasn't sure what suite it was. But then I stopped and I looked at the cameras and I'm like, okay, let's go to this one. Okay. <laughs> and it was sure enough. And the next thing you know, I'm in freaking InfoWars studio, which looks exactly like an IIA fucking fusion cell. No shit. So, so an IA, something that looks exactly like an IIA fusion cell that sits in the middle of the fucking military industrial complex in Austin, Texas, who funded a documentary exposing IIA, didn't know about it, and then attacks the, the, the documentary exposing IIA and fires his journalist before she's even out of jail to be able to explain herself. Oh, and by the way, when she was out of jail, the fucking judge who was dealing with all these bullshit made up uh, uh, fabricated um, sealed indictment charges that even the person they were claiming was the, uh, the victim said, no, I'm not a victim in this. This is all bullshit. 
he even he fired her before she could even explain, and she wasn't even allowed Patrick, to explain because she was Patrick, order. It was you coming on linking Roger Stone to Paul Manafort, 3ADC, and Denology. You let the cat out of the bag, and I put that in my little three-parter Rats in the Ranks, linking also Roger Stone with NATO Psych Warfare Planning Officer Robert David Steele. And that's all linking with George Webb. And George Webb is telling Daniel Hopseeker to remove his articles on Whitney Webb and Meet Press News, who are hanging around with John Kerry and are an Iranian millionaire psychological warfare operation who will never tell you that the president of Iran is hanging with Jack Straw and Lord Levi, one step down from Lord Yochav Rothschild in Scotland doing his PhD in Sharia law, and they're all hanging at Chatham House and the Royal Institute of International Affairs with Senator John Kerry, arch-internationalist. I must admit, I do like some things he, he does and says. Uh, but, um, you know, this, these are all World Economic Forum Davos boys. You can link it all through. What's going on? I'm not saying I know what's going on, and I know you'll probably say the same thing, but something smells in the fish market. Yeah, we're, we're all getting played here. <laughs> I think even Alex Jones is getting played. I think so. But the one thing I can say that people should be upset about is we're getting played, but we're also paying for it. Right? They're taking taxpayer funded weapons and they're turning around and they're using them on fucking taxpayers. What's the okay, but nobody seems to have a problem with it. And let's go real back back real quick to the thing with uh Millie Weaver's arrest. Laura Logan said that the whole and her fucking MIC contractor husband, who worked for Lincoln Group, and which they never bothered to tell me is they were interviewing me. Uh, during a conference call uh, as a witness after Shadowgate, right, exposing the people her husband fucking works for. There's a journalistic integrity there. Wait a minute, could you just repeat well, that? Could you just repeat that? that? I'm sorry, I, I, I'm in a little bit of shock. Repeat that, please. Laura Logan calls me up and two other people in a conference call speakerphone after Shadowgate. She interviewed one person, uh, and was very nice and polite. Phone comes around to me. Turned into a damn interrogation. Her husband was on the line also, right? Didn't know who he was. I found out later, after this, what really felt like an interrogation, not not like a, a, a witness or, a, you know, somebody coming with information to a journalist. I find out he worked for fucking Lincoln Group and possibly worked for Leone, Right? Oh, your original employer. Yeah, my former employer. So, in all in all in IIA. So, I guess maybe Bernie, this dumbass, has actually figured something out because all of these people working for all of the, all these all these journalists are married to fucking contractors, former uh, influence operations, IIA, CIA. All of them. Megan Kelly, her husband, uh, Sarah Carter. I understand who. You know, threw me under the bus. Wonderful. I was told her husband's a contractor. Would love to have that info. But literally, they said they they said later on uh, that the arrest of Millie Weaver was orchestrated most likely under the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, as the arrest the first arrest of an American journalist on U.S. soil under under the NDAA. In Laura Logan. Go ask her. Literally, say, it's in my written, sworn, signed affidavit. 
Laura Logan said that it was orchestrated from a fucking skiff, a classified skiff on Wright-Patterson Air Force Base by the same fucking generals we're exposing. The arrest wow. of an American journalist. I'm not. I'm not surprised. I got to be honest by by any of it, and the fact that it was sort of made into a bit of confusion, and, and it seemed to be mar- it became a marginalised issue, um, and the way that your information, when you combine that with the Shadowgate stuff, you combine it with Alex Jones, Roger Stone, and my videos, it was a great story. You'd think these these media, mainstream media, or some outlet would have just been dying to get onto this. Not a word. Not a breath. Right, right when Millie got, right after Millie, right like the day after or the day of Millie getting released, I arrived in the, in D.C. I stood out in front of the, the Capitol there before they had it all fenced off and half the things that doing this to keep me out of there. But I had it before it was all fenced off and I'm standing there waiting for a, a congressman to go by to say, listen, you know, this is who I am. An American journalist was just arrested on U.S. soil. We need your help. You're a congressman, right? Fucking Matt Gates walks by. And I'm like, oh, wow, you're Matt Gates. You remember me? Because I actually met him uh, in Tallahassee uh, during uh, the inauguration of uh, uh, the governor here uh, in 2018. Uh, told him who I was. Pat Berge worked, uh, built, worked for Obama's National Security Advisor, developed the shadow net. Um, I had already submitted this information through my congressman, uh, Gus Bilirakis, uh, chief of staff here in, in Newport Ritchie, to um, uh, uh, Devin Noonan as his chief of staff in D.C. So I know, and that was in December, prior to the January like second or third inaugural inaugural event when when these congressmen were sworn in, right? So um, and then like a couple weeks, a, a month later, uh, I had another person hand deliver who was having lunch with Matt Gates and deliver him my signed sworn affidavit, which I have a picture of him with the guy holding my affidavit posted proudly on my website. So this guy knows uh, absolutely what's going on. I'm half thinking that he shut his mouth and covered it up for the seat that he was given as a freshman senator, as a freshman congressman on the, 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 the congressional intelligence committee that was headed by Devin Nunes. Nope. Freshman congressmen don't get on the intelligence committee, right? Especially a guy that's like basically an attorney with a uh, who recently got who had previously gotten busted, I think, for DUI, right? So I'm like trying to tell people, listen, this guy's up to some shifty shit. I don't care if he's got an R behind his name. He's throwing me an Afghanistan veteran on, under the bus. He's covering up one of the biggest scandals uh, in the history of our country, which is fucking treasonous. Eighteen, actually, it is eighteen USC. Um, uh, misprison of treason. If you've sworn an oath to our country uh, and you don't take this information either to the President of the United States, uh, the governor of the state you're in, or a federal uh, judge, then you're guilty. Of, then you could be found guilty. Yeah, and it's important It's important that you that people understand because people say, oh, why is Bergie bothering? He said, look, you've got to do the paperwork. You've got to do the due yeah. diligence first. And, so, and take it from real me. quick, let me finish this up real quick. This is huge, right? So I, I run into him in front of in front of Congress, and he I tell him who I am. I say, listen, an American journalist has been arrested. I'm the guy. I, I was a subject of Shadowgate. We need your help. He looks down at his phone, says, oh, "Girlfriend's calling," and fucking starts running from me. <laughs> you should have come God, on. My wit- I, I got it. Right. So I try to tell people that these people are dishonorable. 
right? They have no honor. And so it's like Trump, you know, used to give that speech all the time about the snake and how you knew it was a snake and then it bit you, right? And I, I just want to repeat that same thing about Matt Gates because now he's being involved uh, with some sort of like a sex scandal with someone under an underage girl. I'm sure it's just another group of bad people trying to blackmail him so they can keep doing their, I'm not condoning that in any way, but I'm standing up here going, I fucking told you so. It, you're dealing with someone who's proven themselves significant several times to be dishonorable and even uh, treasonous. So when all of a sudden information starts coming out, that's like involves him in blackmail. Why is anybody surprised? I'm raising my hand going, once again, I fucking told you so, right? But that nobody's going to care about this, which is horrible. Uh, Matt Gates, huge problem. So, and this is the big thing. And look how marginalized we are. I mean, I sort of feel we're in the same boat. We have interesting stories and we're, we're extremely marginalized, not sure, lacking the energy and lacking the, uh, the funds and lacking the... the the overall, I look at some of the more polished presenters with their 200,000 subscribers and their, their large, well-funded websites and their 1,000 Patreon members, which will be pulling them a couple of grand to four grand a week. And I'm thinking, how do we get this information, Patrick, over time? How can we, how can we hone it down? Do you think, um, are you able to get out on the street more and do sort of live interviews and um, just something different to try and, try and get this stuff out there? I'm trying to think of different ways. Well, I've got I've got my book right, so I, I wrote a, a book that actually ties in a lot of this. Like it it, it goes into clearforce.com. Listen, I wrote it after I I came out of a coma after a prostate surgery went bad with the VA. Um, so, you know, I I had actually written it before, uh, and and after surviving that, after coming out of a coma, I said, listen, I got to fucking publish this thing. I'm not sure if there's going to be it tomorrow again. So. Instead of so, I just did the very best I could. It's formatted pretty well. Most people say that it's readable and that it, the timeline's pretty good. And it's it's a good book. It's an interesting story, but it goes into Clear Force. It goes into the Shadow Net. It also goes into my enlistment at, at 39. I turned 40 at basic training. I was actually the first 40 year old to complete complete basic training at Fort Benning. Right. So I'm I'm a patriot, uh, a unique individual in that way. But I had a lot to offer. I offered like an IT background instead of my PT, uh, <laughs> which uh, uh, which was not the best, right? So um, what I'm doing now is I'm taking the funds that I raised with the the my original book, Victim of the Swamp, which you can get on freedom, at freedomstream.tv, uh, and I'm also doing a launch, did a pre-release launch, which has gone freaking out of this world spectacular. Uh, last like really Thursday. Um, and that's for my next book, Operation Shadowgate, right? And so Operation Shadowgate covers the work that I was doing in D.C. between basically, well, it, it covers uh, uh, just a little bit before uh, Shadowgate. Uh, well, it, it starts basically, I think, uh, around uh, December when I first uh, ran into um, a few years back when I ran into like uh, uh, my issue with uh, Judge Pirro when she threw me under the bus. Uh, all of those characters, right up into uh, up until I submitted a, a federal key cam whistleblower lawsuit, literally during the 
uh, uh, 2020 impeachment of Trump, the first impeachment. Hard to keep these straight now. And uh, I submitted that. But ironically, um, when I submitted that, I submitted an emergency motion for relief to have a copy of it sent to, which listed uh, all the people, uh, almost everybody that were both either testifying or uh, 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 impeachment managers as being subjects of this IIA whistleblower federally filed in a federal courthouse document, right? So I'm like, this has to go to um, uh, this has to go to Chief Justice Roberts because he's overseeing it. So I don't know if he ever got a copy of it. it the, motion, uh, the motion was dismissed without prejudice, which means it had merit, right? But I couldn't go forward with it without an attorney. That's what the court said. Well, I can do that now thanks to the help uh, with the funds that I've been raising for both the pre-sales of the book and my original book, the signed copies and stuff. Taking that money to... Uh, uh, both get this affidavit into in the work that I was doing. Actually, I did a lot of work basically from from November uh, of of uh, 2020 until um, uh, January 17th. I was working with Patrick Byrne, uh, being put up in hotels by him. Uh, 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 Sidney Powell, uh, 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 General Flynn, uh, his brother Joe. Um, I was working with all of these people. Have no idea how my dumbass ended up there. But well, I do swear. Like Patrick, I have to interrupt. Did you get to jump on the private plane with Roger Stone? No, no. <laughs> Roger Stone doesn't seem to like me no more. Although I love some of the work he did. Like he helped. Uh, he helped uh, with the medical marijuana thing. Uh, oh, man! If he was next to night, we'd be a hoot. I'd be able to have a lunch with him every day. Right. Right. So, but but. Uh, you know, on that same note, he was him and Manafort were Amalda Marcos's PR guys when when they're trying to get out of out of the politics of stealing like a couple billion dollars from the poorest people on the planet, many of which are my friends, the Filipinos, right? And they're like, you know, thirty thousand shoe closets. You know, uh, who remembers that? Now you're showing your age, <laughs> right? So that's a. Uh, but that was like Roger Stone and Paul Manafort's early work. These people have been no quite dictator. No dictator was, was off limits. No dictator was off limits. No, no. So, so when I see these guys directly connected to the shadow net, um, uh, for sure Manafort, I, you know, and then and then Manafort's ties and connections to the to Ukraine, where he's literally being accused in 2010 of of the same things the Shadownet was designed to do. That he's our number one partner, and we don't have a, we don't have any salespeople. We just, uh, you know, taxpayers funded the R and D for something that we kept the intellectual property rights to, turned around and man, and sold it commercially. Right? And this is a fucking NATO Supreme Allied Commander. Where are where's the, where are the Europeans? Right? Where's their outrage? You realize all the shit happening right now uh, with Saudi Arabia, Evergreen. We got European troops moving around Ukraine now. We got Biden looking like a complete fucking pussy. And all of these same people, I mean... I'm tying everything to the NATO Supreme Allied Commander, the SACUR, the Supreme Allied Commander of Europe. 
who so okay i get it hunter biden right he's got some issues you know doing his little crack thing and and uh you know doing something in ukraine with oil why doesn't have anybody have any issues with a nato supreme allied commander profiting from fucking defense weapons while he's a nato supreme allied commander why is his son okay profiting from defense weapons as a nato commander why is it nobody seems to have a problem with him as obama's national security advisor profiting from social media psychological warfare applications Nobody seems to have a problem with that. I asked that question, Patrick, when I put that video together. I said, is anyone else not noticing that this is you're crazy now, Brendan. This is big news, everyone. Hello. Hello. Anybody? I know why you're fucking crazy now. (laughs) They make you crazy. We're like probably the only two sane ones left on the fucking planet because we see what's going on and we're like, this is insane. Over here and everybody's like, Oh, no, don't trust government. Trust corporations. What? <laughs> the, government, the government, actually, my entire time working for the government, every I had to be dotted, every T had to be crossed. Anything we did had to go through JAG. It was actually the most difficult process. I like that about your book as well. You say that. You said there's transparency, there's freedom of information. It's not perfect, but you've got nothing in private corporations. You've got access to nothing. Nothing, nothing right? But there is something in place with the government, which is not perfect. Just go to the DMV and you'll see. But it's a lot better than, you know, Zuckerberg waking up after having a bad night of Mexican food and uh, just being in a bad mood and deleting your freaking account. Which, by the way, a cool thing I'm doing with my book, Brendan, is anybody that, and I'm setting this up right now, it'll be hopefully next week available. Even if you've already ordered, you'll be able to go back into your account and uh, add to it either 140 or 180 characters. As long as you give providence as to who you are, it matches the name on the credit card, no fake personas. Uh, I will take unedited, even if you want to go in there and say, Pat Berge's a dick in 140 characters. We're using all 140 of your characters. It's going in the book unedited as a way to kind of take the virtual social environment that we are now in at a very pivotal moment in time when corporations are really have ceded all of this authority from us and taking our, our, our freedom of speech away to be able to capture that from the virtual environment in the form of like a tweet and capture it into a book. Good luck deleting that out of my book Zuckerberg and this is the big way I've said to people please archive yeah I think you're right and we need to archive as much as we can turn web pages into pdfs with fire shot add-ons we can use we need to get dvd burners and don't trust usbs we need to burn to disk Uh, we really need to to start collecting data because god knows what's going to happen the next 12 to 18 months yeah 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 and uh you know all of this stuff the covid passports and everything Look at clearforce.com. That's literally what they're built to do. They're they're built to take your 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 social media posts and your criminal background in real time, your financial, your medical, and all the friends around you. Even if you if your your grandmother gets sick and goes into a nursing home, that information is factored in using artificial intelligence to predictably determine if you're likely to steal or leave. That's your social credit score. You don't think these people are behind or involved with 
uh, this big data grab right now, which that's all the, I've been arguing, I argued it to Patrick Byrne, I argued it to all of these, to, 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 to Flint. I said, listen, this has nothing to do with altering the outcome of an election. These people could give a shit who the president is. This was a multi, multi, multi-billion dollar data grab. All the stuff that, in my opinion, all the stuff that, that Patrick Burns white hat hackers were detecting with the port scans and the, and the data transmissions, I believe that was just them ciphering out the most valuable data on the planet at the time, hundreds of millions of votes. And if they happen to, you know, uh, uh, delete a bunch of Trump votes in the process to cause more chaos when this is all done, to use that chaos to cover their tracks, kind of like, to get away guys burning their car, then there's just all the more benefit to them, right? Again, it's not politics. Don't ever look at politics with this. It's for profit. So that whole thing, in my opinion, was a big data grab. And this passport thing, all of the COVID stuff, they've, they've, they've suspended HIPAA, right? So literally, this is, you know, HIPAA next to voting data. HIPAA is going to be probably the most da- valuable data you can get on individuals, right? So, um, and when you to turn around and sell now to the drug companies and all of these people, it's their new Iran Contra. They don't need to sell. They don't need to ship cocaine over to the Iranian uh, to the Iranians. They can just sell your fucking data, and there's no way to track it. But yet, it's the most valuable commodity on the planet. Nobody seems to notice that this. These, you know, really smart, intelligent people are being warned by, I get it, an uneducated dumbass that happened to see a lot of things that allows him to put these things together, but they haven't been able to figure this out. But people are starting to. You're starting to see people figure out that this uh, COVID passport thing is a big data grab. And so if that's true, well, who better than Obama's former national security advisor and Obama's former CIA director, Michael Hayden, who are the founders of of Clearforce, an application that was built by Dynology as a Clearforce application, in part its core from taxpayer-funded uh, uh, research and development, and then turned it into the Clearforce Corporation, which is ran by Obama's CIA director and NSA director, and nobody sees this as a problem when we're getting into all of this these data grads with the passports and stuff. People are starting to wake up. Brendan, people are starting to wake up. We're going to get this into the system. We're going to expose I'm going after with the fundings from the book, uh, from the book sales. I'm going after the connect the, uh, the connections between Facebook and Atlantic Council. Uh, USA Today attacked us post Shadowgate with absolute blatant lies in writing. Um, PolitiFact did also going after them as a primary target uh, for conspiratorial. Uh, so it's con- uh, a conspiratorial. Um, uh, uh, what is that? Uh, uh, when you uh, slander someone, right? But it's, it's kind of like what they did with the, uh, 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 with the Sandman thing, right? Only conspiratorial, meaning it was, it's being worked out and played out by multiple corporations, right? So you've got the connection between Atlantic Council, Facebook. Well, PolitiFact, it, when they gave us, a, when they gave Shadowgate a pants on fire, they based, they used USA Today's information. USA Today directly tied to my former employer, Leone, who, who 
apparently attacked USA Today using IIA and was convicted of that uh, by Congress and lost, uh, was, was removed from uh, Leone Industries as the president. Right? So all of these people are tied and connected. We are going to take down that command and control structure that's been built by these people, by the Atlantic Council, Council on Foreign Relations, all of these people have been putting into place these memorandums of understanding. They've been putting into place assets into news organizations. Mika Burzinski, I mean, that needs no explanation. But one one that, that most people don't know or catch is that little, uh, uh, what's her name, um, Jillian Turner, Fox News correspondent. Well, she was she's a Fox News correspondent now, but when she first started with Fox News, she was vice president of Jones Group International. Oh, uh, yeah. own fucking shadow net, yeah. which was designed to, is basically a project management tool to allow you to manage assets in the media, contract assets in the media, to manage um, YouTube influencers and assets, of which one of them attacked me last night and threatened my family. Who's a subject in an FBI filing that I made a month and a half ago? So now the FBI are involved. Now the, the, the local police are involved. Because you can't ignore the connections between all of these people. It's it's a ring. It's like the ice. I don't know if you followed the Isaac Happy thing or not, but I yeah. don't know if Isaac Happy was crazy or if he had legitimate. Well, you know, he was on Jones. What's that? He went on Alex Jones and made those claims, and Jones basically rubbed him off and said, "I think that's Seth Rogen's mate." Is that right? Mm, I don't. I don't think he. I don't know if he has the connection to Seth Rogen or not. I, I, that's I, the guy I talked about Hollywood you. pedophilia. Okay, I'm all pretty right. sure yeah, that's oh, yeah, was all over that. He had the Mossad media matrix, which listed uh, Alex Jones, Roger Stone, Mike Cernovich. I've got that guy in video uh, literally uh, uh, blackmailing the president, saying that he has blackmail information on President Trump, on President Trump's staff, and a bunch of journalists in D.C. I've got him on video acknowledging. Oh, yeah, 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 Cernovich. Right? So you got Cernovich, and you got Posobiec, right? Posobiec's at AFN. Are you freaking kidding me? He's Navy PAO. IIA supports the PAO. So all of these people that, that were on Isaac Cappy's uh, Mossad Media Matrix list are also the people that attacked us for exposing IIA in the Shadowgate documentary. And now they're all the same people that are, and they're now tied to uh, Lynn Wood's disclosure of that witness that came forward Um Stating that the the information that Isaac Cappy had uh, on uh, about Chief Justice Roberts, who again is tied to my key tam because I had a emergency motion of relief, right? It's entirely plausible. It just needs to be investigated because these are the most powerful people on the planet. It's entirely plausible that Justice Chief Justice Roberts. What if what Lynn Wood is saying is true and what Lynn Wood's quote unquote credible witness is saying is true, that there were C that CIA files 
that were stolen by friends of Isaac Campy. I believe it had something to do with uh, the Lizard Squad, which apparently I've met some of them. I can't make this shit up. Did you shake but someone's hand? You're allowed to shake someone's hand a couple of times. Right. Huh? I, but apparently, so, you know, so there's a big thing going on, but apparently the people that stole those CIA documents, if true, um, that had uh, 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 that had blackmail information on Chief Justice Roberts, if they're all the same people that were tied to the people that attacked us, and if they're all the same people that were tied to um, uh, Lynn Wood's uh, wit credible witness that says he has information that has blackmail, and he saw the files, and those files had blackmail on Chief Justice Roberts, it's entirely plausible that Chief Justice Roberts received a copy of my key cam as I submitted, because just because it was denied doesn't mean it wasn't given to him. We got to find that out. And I've had an attorney explain that to me. But it's entirely possible that he did see that and that he was behind the original arrest with the um, uh, using the, uh, 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 the, the, the grand jury indictment, the secret grand jury indictment, uh, which began in April against Gavin, uh, uh, Millie's husband, uh, Millie's brother, Chuck and Millie. It's entirely possible that that key tam triggered their, the beginning of their arrest to try to prevent, uh, the making of Shadowgate. It did not prevent that because Millie was uploading when the cops showed up and just told Tori, send it out. Send it out to the internet, release it. And so it got released to the internet before Alex Jones could see it, before anybody could see it. And then you went on you went on Alex Jones the next day and you let the cat right, out of the right. bag. <laughs> right. I'm just some dumbass, right? Just knocking on doors, going, holy shit, thinking they're coming at me next, right? Mm -hmm. Literally. And so this could very well I mean, these are legitimate, Brendan, these are legitimate questions that need to be asked of someone that's a fucking chief justice of the U.S. Supreme Court. So, hey, he might have a perfectly good excuse for all of that. And I get it that he doesn't want to answer some, maybe he doesn't want to answer some claims with Lynn Wood and what, who Lynn Wood says is a credible witness, but he sure as hell better answer or needs to answer whether or not he saw the KETAM, which has in his name an emergency motion relief signed and filed in the D.C. fucking federal court that said he needed to see that. If he saw that, he's a fucking wit. He's a, he's a suspect. The chief justice of the Supreme Court's a suspect if he saw that. Please tell me how I'm wrong. Well, you're not wrong. It's, it's power and uh, indifference. And I've been through the court system and I saw how it worked. And unfortunately, um, we're at the point now where everyone's just... <sighs> What are we going to do? So it's got to the point, no matter how. Look, I saw it when you appeared on Jones. I said, didn't anyone else see this? Can't anyone else see this? And the... Man, not, man, not video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was right there. And, oh, and, here. Yeah. and I'm like, uh, I'm getting very frustrated. And, of course, you know, you read the Mueller report, which is a little gossipy. But, you know, the Mueller report keeps up. You know, he asked Papadopoulos, uh, what's with all these Israeli companies like Wiki? Uh, what do you call it, Wikistrat? Why are you using all these Israeli companies? Don't we have good subversive American companies here to subvert us? Why are we going with all these Israeli? And his girlfriend, where do you meet her in Israel? She's a Russian emigre. 
Um, and that Mueller report, I said, does anyone not read this? It's not about Russia collusion. It's about Israeli-Russia collusion and the deep ties of all of these people. And when you've got Roger Stone, people forget his mistress was running a Wall Street prostitute ring. Huge one. It was on a big documentary. And she's got his love child. They had an apartment together in New York. Uh, and people forget this stuff. Um, so, and then you've got Roger Stone's long relationship with Jeffrey Epstein, who's setting people up with prostitution and underage girls. And everyone seemed very titillated by the Epstein. They very much got into the titillation of the Epstein, and which, who to me, was a warning to the, to the networks. We'll knock off Epstein if anyone opens their mouth. I saw that as nothing but because he was the tip of the iceberg. There are dozens of these groups in the United States, Europe, and elsewhere. Dozens of them. And... And no one seems to have put it together exactly, and I fear, Patrick, that even if someone does, we're at a stage now where uh, what you talk about, IAA activities, the suppression and marginalisation and re-channeling of information is so powerful. I mean, I, I put out years ago, Red Group, RAD Group, run by Zohar Zisafel, Israeli military intelligence, running all of US critical infrastructure, worldwide banking, telecommunications, ATMs, government encryption, military encryption. And I thought, well, that's going to go wild, like wildfire. It went nowhere. We got people who specialized in pushing Twitter and all these different accounts, making things go viral. They said, leave it with us. We've done this before with Palestinian issues. They said, it goes nowhere. So can, can, is there a magical button they press that makes information like, hello, Americans, your critical infrastructure is handled by a foreign power with a long record of industrial espionage and otherwise against the United States. Is there any reason why Americans have suddenly become so dumb who built the SR-71 blackboard in 1963? Suddenly, this country is now so stupid, he has to outsource its critical infrastructure security to Israel. And no one seems to be excited about it. What do we do? Well, well, that button is the lawsuits that I'm currently working on, right? Uh, so I get that into the system. It's put together by a very thin thread. Again, these relationships are established. These assets are in place. They're extremely difficult to replace. You expose Jillian Turner and the assets around her, that's a huge strike against uh, Atlanta Council, Council on Foreign Relations. Um, you expose all of these people, right? But I get this into the system where I've tied uh, uh, where I've tied Facebook's fact check to the uh, Atlantic Council's fact check ran by a guy I built a shadow net for. You get this into discovery. Got a big you got it, it, it all falls apart. They can't function. They can't operate uh, business as usual anymore. You're going to see them, and once you take the ability for them to do the command and control, once you take their ability away to effectively control the narrative, then truth always wins out always. over law. Right? So the shadow net was designed to manage lies, right? Because lies have infinite numbers of paths uh, and, and directions and angles. You got to manage it if you're going to be able to maintain all of these assets controlling the narrative with lies. Truth, you're never going to see like a truth net because truth is just like really simple, right? It doesn't require any project management tools, malevolent as they may be. It, it just requires truth. And then everybody else who wants to try to dispute that truth with lies, they've got to try to manage that on their own. So you take that away. And all of these cases 
that are in front of the court right now. I was trying to explain that to Patrick Burns, trying to explain that to Sidney Powell, all these people. You're not going to make any progress in a court system that's already corrupt, and we know it, and is actually literally picking juries and such using the same AI by the same people that we're talking about with these predictive modeling. I mean, you're going to, these predictive modeling are being used to pick juries, right? You're supposed to be innocent for proof and guilty, but the, uh, the, the prosecuting, the prosecutor's office are literally using advanced AI capabilities to predict, uh, to, to pick a jury that's most likely to convict you. Yeah, we, don't, we don't think about things like that, but that's the power of machine learning, AI, and data analytics. It's right. And it's power. all based on the same core technology. It's all based on the same predictive analytics of, of, of understanding how people, humans, respond to things and being able to collect as much poss- data as possible, which is why these guys, uh, General Jones, Council on Foreign Relations, even that guy with, uh, even the guy with Cambridge Analytica, um, uh, one of the original Cambridge Analytica owners, um, uh, he's absolutely tied to a, the big push on 5G. They're trying to get a hold of 5G. Why? Because they want to. They want to sell the data. They want to use the data to uh, to control uh, the social credit scores. They want to use the data to solidify their power by controlling the outcomes of future elections. Again, it wasn't about freaking Trump. It was about them stealing this data altering it while they're in there enough to create this confusion and then using that data later on to solidify their power throughout all throughout from from local to state to federal governments across our country yeah i hope patrick uh, i hope patrick people understand this is a tiny tiny group of people a tiny group in my opinion and we can fix this yeah this is tiny they 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 win by staying in the shadows shadow gate Mm -hmm. so if we open the gate and we get some light in there uh, over time and if people can start to recognize just what a lie the internet is and and not get paranoid don't run around going oh my god you're a shill or why don't you talk about this it's just about being discerning with your information where you put your resources your time your money and your effort Um, but above all i think one of the things uh, a friend who's a paralegal in fact she said if you need any proofreading does she does it for a living um, she was a bit annoyed with the Sydney Powell. She said it was 100 pages. It was just so much information. The, the court, I mean, they're getting a lot of money. They need, they need to up their game a bit. But if we can get your stuff into a brief. Didn't Sydney Powell submit her uh, motion to, uh, to, to squash the uh, uh, Dominion's lawsuit, basically saying that they were incompetent? Uh, yeah, pretty much. That people are trying to say, oh, no, no, she didn't mean that. It was legal language. No, no, no. Just read it. <laughs> read it as it sounds. She's saying basically she's a cat lady. No. The, the mainstream media doesn't. Well, you know, right? That's why I read we it. We're too stupid to have actually done that. So yeah. well, saying, she's that. saying this is the slander bit of it. But I'm saying you're in a court of law anyway. You don't have to justify that. I don't get it. I'm not aware, but I know basics. And I don't know what's going on, but... I know enough to know that if you're going to write stuff, it's got to be concise. Uh, it's got to be with, you can put a back end, a lot of information on the back end, but a hundred waffling pages. Cause I mean, look, I'll put it this way. If you, I put a link to Kill Chain, I recorded it off Netflix and it's about Dominion voting, ESNS, every single one of those major companies that are subject or mentioned in this lawsuit. 
And this was made after the 2018 elections in Georgia, whereby clearly the Dominion voting machine was clearly dodgy and gave uh, uh, a bunch of elections to the, to the Republican. I can't remember his name. And basically, this is a left, what we would call cliche leftist production. It was very good, very professional. This is a mainstream, probably a million dollar production. And it tears it apart. The whole system is rigged. The voting machines are rigged. These things, they hack them. They show them to be completely fraudulent. But that was when the Republicans were winning. And now, now that the Democrats are in, anyone who mentions the same thing uh, is now a nut, despite the fact that a mainstream documentary told us. And this is what I mean. It's above left-right politics. They got Trump in. It was chaos. It, it wasn't planned from our perspective. But that tiny group, he went in. He broke off America, North America. A lot of people lost a lot of money. But the outsider, Trump, did that. Now, let's get rid of Trump, let's bring in Biden, let's contain the CCP, and let's weld, in my opinion, we'll weld Israel, Russia, China, and Iran together in a trading block in Eurasia, split off North America, um, and continue the grand chessboard, the McKinder World Island, as Zibig Brzezinski wrote in his book, The Grand Chessboard, controlling Eurasia, and you see these links with Manafort and Ukraine. I mean, it is a huge dot-connecting effort, but... Um, um, over time, over a couple decades, uh, really. Really. But I think we need a brief, and maybe Sufyan and I wrote some briefing documents. Did one when we were in Lebanon, Beirut. We were just just 500 metres from that huge silo, which freaked me out. And um, we also did a document, which got into the hands of the, the former defence minister there in Lebanon, and I got on um, Al Mayadeen, which interviews people like Hassan Nasrallah, ironically. I don't think that's why I didn't get the electronic visa, maybe, into the US. But um okay, we got a plan. We got a plan. Just call me call me Pablo and I'll get my uh yeah. some... okay, so we're gonna put a Biden I thought we're gonna get a we're gonna get you a Biden shirt. Any garden jobs? Right, right in. I want in. I'm gonna wait for you on the other side of the border. I'm, I'm ready. Leading high to take the heat. Uh I've never had I've never been arrested for anything. What if I scarred? We got a live me smuggling in a fucking Aussie, wanted, I think, by Interpol to the U.S. And I'm like, dude, if a nine-year-old in Crocs can make it across the border, you know, you can. But then I'm like, he's going to be the one guy Biden actually stops crossing into our country. Well, you, you, you never know. Uh, my, my instincts tell me to try, because clearly I have supporters. I promise you, people, I got this far. That is my witness. Yeah. I, I, will, I will be there picking you up. I said I got a fucking office and a desk for you. I will harbor well, you. Well, my man. claim for asylum is solid. I spoke with the UN. They said, yeah, you've got a solid claim. It's not a joke, but they, said, but they said, look, the World Jewish Congress... And the refugee, UN refugee, are literally side by side, and they were just going. And yeah. but um, regardless, it's a solid effort, and I do it just for the publicity. But let me get well because if they stick me in a detention center, yeah. I want to be fighting, yeah. fighting fit. But as someone else said, we put this together. We got a live. What about skydiving? Airfield in Tijuana, skydiver, the straight light on the chest, on each other, come in, come, no? right. Oh, oh yeah, right. Oh, this would be freaking hilarious. And I love the I love the thought of the chaos that you bring uh, along with you. I'm a big fan of chaos. Yeah, a few so, ex-military people said the ice people just they go. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the only people. <laughs> the only people. 
Yeah, You'll be the one person they stop crossing the damn board. Yeah. Now shake my hand like the WA. No. Like the WA police. I'll shake my hand and say, sorry about this. We're just doing a job. And in, yeah. into Pelican yeah. Bay, I will go. But uh, it's a very interesting time. I look, I, I, people don't realize I was speaking with the highest level. James McMahon, uh, Minister Joe Francis, I was invited out. But these guys are attached with the former Prime Minister, Tony Abbott, the military industrial complex of Australia. Good, honest, decent people. They're not all bad. I beg people to understand. The corruption is relatively small. It's a small group of people. That's not all pedophile stuff on people. It's business transactions. They could do a dodgy business transaction. It's as simple as the IRS. Oh my God, there's a hundred grand there. That's the end of your career. Oops, they don't have to be in bed with little children to get to get done. But if I think if we can get some briefing documents and dumb it down enough so that people can just read and, and we'll make some real efforts uh, to get a little bit of funding, um, and I, I haven't discussed this with you, but Patrick, I think you're perfect. I think you have the personality. I tell you now, money will come to get you going around making reports to the FBI, making reports to relevant agencies. Um, you know, uh, we could have the Bergie road trip, you know, on the road with Patrick Bergie, minus the Benzedrain. Um, yeah, well, you know, I've got my, I've got that amethyst, uh, which I just caused. It's an affidavit, right? Um, it's 180. But my the, the intent was because I'm not an attorney. The intent was is, is to is part of the thing, part of the things that we're raising money for, is to be able to have an, an attorney, be able to take what I've submitted there, and clean it up to uh, format it uh, jurisdiction to to the various jurisdictional requirements of of the different cases that I'm actually um, going to be submitting this into as like a friend of the court hey i have relevant information uh, as a fact witness to this case and i want it to be submitted into the court uh into these multi-billion dollar trials like with dominion uh with all these people and it's in support of the defense granted but not all the defense Sidney powell's got some explaining to do that's for damn sure you know that, oh, Akbar, jeez, that little creep, the, the Urkel of, what is going on with Nobody that guy? Nobody saw this, Brendan. Nobody saw a guy named Akbar that changes, a criminal, that changes his name to Alexander, launches the fucking Christian movement that ends up being wanted for the insurrection. Nobody ever saw that coming. Oh, he's bragging that, bragging that he's worked for, he worked for Denology or something. He worked for some of those places. Oh no, he worked for McCain. He worked for, uh, uh, I believe. Uh, I, I think there's word that he was like banging Carl Rove too. I wonder if Rove fucked him. I wonder if Rove. I must him. confess, it, cro- it crossed my mind. Yeah. I said, uh, yeah. uh, uh, okay. I don't know. These are all, these are literally published reports. Shadowgate 2.0 called out Ali Akbar months ago prior to January 6th. And I go shopping for money from billionaires. And a lot of times these billionaires give me money to go do what I want to do to find out information. They call me the hammer sometimes. And you're about to find out why. And I'll leave plays behind the curtain. If he's talking about Ali Akbar Alexander, Ali and the co-founders of the Lincoln Project have been in each other's orbits for almost an entire decade. They had all previously worked with each other in John McCain's 2008 campaign. Veteran Republican strategist John Weaver 
who also worked with McCain. And Ali Akbar, a member of the Republican National Convention floor operations team. Well, that's a party we stand unified behind uh, John McCain. I did do some work for the John McCain campaign. What is the Lincoln Project? I look at that and I'm like, okay, this is just an a operation. George Conway is the, the founder, one of the founders of Lincoln Project. But as soon as I scroll down below his name, everybody on there were like former McCain campaign people, McCain analysts, all these people from McCain in 08. Shadowgate 2.0 exposed that Ali Akbar Alexander was a Cambridge Analytica asset. I'm more connected to Cambridge Analytica. Cambridge Analytica is a company that Bob Mercer owned. Bob Mercer has given me money in the past to conduct, um, you know, certain political operations. Meanwhile, there are strong rumors about Ali Akbar and Karl Rove having an affair back in 2012. There's even a book written about it alleging Ali, a.k.a. Tiny Prancer and Carl Rove had met up on Backpage and... You can have whatever conversation you want with someone who's 17. You can have any conversation you want with someone who's 17. Hold on, hashtag, hashtag no cuddles. Lucian, we gotta work up cuddling into our, 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 our title. Well, he said he was going after you and Millie. Millie, Willie, you better watch out. No, his, well, his name on, he's got his, his handle on, like, what is that, like, back thing or something, is Tiny Prancer. I mean, oh, my gosh. And he was, <laughs> and, you know, he associates with all these other blackmail people. He said he's done work for, uh, uh, for uh, 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 the, the people that owned, uh, that founded Cambridge Analytica. Right, uh, the Mercers, who also, by the way, started, you know, they were behind the funding of Parler. Okay, so the people behind Cambridge Analytica who got sued for using your, for, for exploiting your data for, for profit, uh, launched Parler with fucking Dan Bongino, who I've called out as an IIA asset since I met with him, shook his hand, and he blocked me the next day after I handed him my key tam. Oh, he's really after the truth. So I'm like, and then right after that, he gets a big stake in Parlor. But nobody seems to notice these things, really. This is freaking the owner of Cambridge Analytica that found Parlor. And and you're okay with this because oh, this is where all the Republicans are supposed to go to. And so by the way, they partnered, the Cambridge Analytica folks partnered with Side Group, which is owned by Joel Zamel, an Israeli-based company. Uh, uh, not to feed your shit again right there, but yeah, it kind of keeps does come and keeps coming around. And Papa Daudelis is over there, and even the Mueller report saying, what's with all these runners? Why do I shoot? Sorry, I meant Rumble. Rumble, who Steve Bannon pushed endlessly, is run by a bunch of very Slavic sounding names in Canada, and Canada's the entry point for all Russian GAU assets, and you could, you could go on forever, but even Pyro, I mean, Proud you know. Proud Boys was started by Gavin McGinnis, who Something is haunting the town. Adam Longoria has gone missing, and his sister claims she's been seeing a bad man in the shadows. Jesse Bachman confronts a terror that is haunting the town of Suval, 
But will he be able to stop a pure evil that wants him dead? Get the chilling new novella by Michael Aaron Cassidis, author of The Distance to the End. A trick of the eyes, a stunning new work of horror that is keeping readers turning the page. Get a trick of the eyes anywhere books are sold, online or in stores, ask for it by name. A trick of the eyes by Michael Aaron Casares. Launched his magazine, Vice Magazine, funded by the Canadian government in 94. That doesn't sound like an IIA operation, operation to me. And then they launched a freaking uh, The Proud Boys, which was based after a gay musical. Yeah, I know The Proud Boys and, and what the lead is, Roger Stone. Oh, too perfect. If you don't know right. ladies and gentlemen, Roger Stone likes to watch other men have sex with his wife. I was told by someone who knew him well he's bisexual, and at one stage they thought he had AIDS. Now, I wouldn't say that just to be dismissive and horrible, but that's yeah. a pretty reliable source. Well, you know, so who else was tied to Vice? Well, freaking Bill Maher and CNN. So basically, the, the Proud Boys is an organization that was founded by a Canadian-funded magazine with partnerships and relationships with uh, uh, CNN and Bill Maher, all big fans of Trump, right? That's who started this. And I've been on to them since like 2017, just driving around watching them, documenting everything for my book, going, holy shit. Nobody looks, noticed Patrick, Patrick, looks like we and need then, a, a good video with the PewDiePie green screen, I think. Okay. So, but real quick, um, the guy that came after, that threatened my family last night, literally uh, invoked sending the Proud, Bo- Proud Boys by to intimidate my family. Really? Right? Mm. Yeah. Right? Mm. He's connected to the Proud Boys, who are all tied to my sworn federal affidavits. I know the Proud Boys, a lot of them. They're good people. They're patriots that are being, they're being used and manipulated by these uh, a few people at the very top. Yeah, right. look, all the leadership, all the leadership are compromised. Same with the white nationalist movement. Yeah. They're always drug traffickers on right. probation or whatever. Yeah. yeah, all of them. Yeah, and then you got, then you got, you saw, you saw Millie Weaver's uh, investigative report. You got direct connections between. Uh, between like uh, this one of the Sullivan brothers uh, and the Proud Boys, right? And then you've got uh, 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 Enrique Tario, who's like the leader of the Proud Boys, who was a former FBI informant, uh, and uh, that, that somehow I guess involved trafficking of some sort. You've got all of these guys that are connected to trafficking, like Jones and everybody. What is it? Is like Infowars like a honeypot for former FBI uh, uh, informants and, and, and former Stratford employees? No shit. This is, you can't make this shit up. But they're just like out there pushing it. Uh, and, you know, I'm trying you to. Try, Patrick, you try and get traction on this. You try and get traction. You've got to join the quote unquote lefty club. Or you got to join the quote unquote conservative club. And if you're in the middle where you are not, it's. You know, I'll repeat, I, I'm going to stay here in the middle. I'm going to stand my ground. I'm going to push the truth. I'm going to push it forward with the help of people uh, that have been supporting me on this. And uh, I think things are about to change. 
And I'm not one of those. I don't say follow the plan, follow the plan. I've never, I've said from the beginning, those plans are fucking stupid because every one of them is based on information that you don't have providence of. You don't know the actual, you don't know whether or not a lot of this stuff is true. true. And all I've seen are people running around pushing um, counterintelligence narratives to try to keep the chaos, to try to keep all this stuff. The only plan I trust is a plan I can see and feel and hear. That's why I'm, that's why I got my book. That's why I got a new printer. That's why I'm doing the pre-launch of the next book, which is going to be absolutely awesome. I'm going to take all those funds and I'm using those to fund what is going to end up taking them down. Amen. And, and, and um, to do it. I just need, I just need help. I need support, but I'm getting it. Things are going freaking phenomenal, which is actually um, why I think possibly that attack happened on me last night. I, you're not a threat to them when you have no power, no voice. But as soon as you get that voice and that power, uh, like when Shadowgate was released, they will attack you to destroy your credibility and to try to control the narrative again. But they can't really do that very good. They can't shut down a book. Um, they can't stop my lawsuit uh, as long as I can continue to get help with this. It's going to be, it, it's, you know, it's not like somebody else's plan. It's literally something I've been putting together for about the last three years. I've been getting people's hands on signed sworn documents and I'm getting them on the record with these things. And I'm going after every one of them for misprison of treason. If you sworn an oath, that's like probably 40 to 60 members of both Congress and Senate who have had this in their hands and have done nothing. And they've sworn oaths. Oh, you know, when this gets, when the narrative loses control and they can't do that anymore, it's going to wake everybody up. We're going to, it's going to, we're going to, there's always, you cut the head off. There's always going to be another one. that grows. It, it has legs. It might, it's always going to take a bit of time because these professional te technocracy people. It's, it's a shove. It's the, out of all the quote unquote plans out of there, it's shovel ready. And yeah. it's, it's, it's fact-based shovel ready. People are hungry for the truth, yeah. right? That's why I'm getting such a huge response. And you've got to leave those markers. You've got to leave those markers in the long term. It's just a marker along the road for others. And yeah. we're, we're in an age of instant gratification. We all would like to see things change. But I mean, I'm optimistic. I've had a few coffees. My mood goes up and down. Sometimes I think, what's the point? It's too late. But I think um, I do urge people. I had, for those of you who don't know my story, I ended up in Iran. I was in jail for three years. And I didn't handle things well. I'm an emotional person. And once the police threatened me, the, the fight was on. But I met with very high-level people. They asked me to calm down. They had my back. Former SAS commanders, Colonel James McMahon, Mr. Joe Francis, in with former Prime Minister of Australia, Tony Abbott. These are high-level. in jail? They weren't in jail. No, no, this was in Australia, three years in an Australian jail, most of which was in maximum security. They put me in with the rock machine bikies who uh, wanted to recruit me as their um, communications officer. I teach them encryption. And <laughs> never put people like me in jail. Never put people like me in jail, you fools. Should have referred him to uh, Roger Stone. Yeah, <laughs> he would have assisted greatly. But I mean, Rogers, I mean, that, those linkages without going off, I mean, 
You've got Robert David Steele who comes on Alex Jones and says that they're kidnapping children and taking them to Mars as sex slaves. Um, this may strike your listeners as way out, but we actually believe that there is a colony on Mars that is populated by children who were kidnapped and sent into space on a 20-year ride. Uh, so that once they get to Mars, they have no alternative but to be slaves on the Mars colony. He's the, I didn't even know this. Thank you to the person that sent me all this info. I blew off at him over something else because they tried to lead me down another track. But I do apologize. It was very important info. I never took Robert David Steele seriously. And the guy, two years later, the guy says, hey, dude, that guy used to be NATO psych warfare planner. I said, oh, what's this? And then I was like, my God, he worked. He's working for Papa Bear, General Al Gray, who Kay Griggs exposed years ago. Yeah. Closet homosexual, he's his ghostwriter. He's doing all his NATO psych warfare planning. I mean, this guy is connected. His daughter is the PR lady for the FBI. And this guy is hanging with George Webb, who's covering for Whitney Webb and, and Nick Press News. George Webb was one of the first people that reached out to me. George Webb and that little piece of shit, Jason Gooden. They were like, uh, they were a team, then they had some sort of uh, yes, lover's back. I understand, yeah. And uh, Jason went off on his own whining and bitching and thinking he was the woman. And then... Uh, so he was Princess Leia in the Star Wars themed yeah. wedding? Then, then George goes off and fucking attacks me after Shadowgate. Although both of them could not speak more highly. I mean, George came to my home before anybody did, right? And then I find he's connected to all these people. And not only that, I find out that, and then now that he, he doesn't attack me. He must have been in a very interesting pickle when Shadowgate came out because he went after Millie and Gavin with lies. And I'm telling him they're lies. I'm telling him none of this is actually true. And they still did it. And then Jason Goodman calls me up. And I think I'm just talking to Jason Goodman because I spoke to him before. He's, I've done a show with him before. He was like trying to get my information out. He, he seemed to believe what I was doing. And then he turns around. The first chance the Shadowgate gets out to, for my story to be exposed. And he starts attacking Shadowgate, Millie and Gavin. And ironically enough, a few weeks later, he ends up with a gig on InfoWars. Goodman. Yeah, when was this? Like, uh, oh, he did too. I like, saw it. Yeah, yeah, he was right. on. He interviewed it was him. Right well. after he did oh. that little hit piece, it was right after we, because uh, we went after uh, uh, Caitlin Bennett. She fucked up. She outed a, an underage minor, a yeah. uh, minor of a uh, 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 victim of rape, and literally she was worried about even going back to Ohio because of the possibility of getting picked up. Because during Shadowgate, she literally outed. Uh, one of the whistleblowers' daughters, who daughter is being a victim of rape. Oh, uh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, right. So, um, no, these people, these people are despicable people. I, I never, you know, I never had any idea that any of this stuff was going to happen, but it has. It did, and somebody needs to start asking questions because if American journalists can get arrested and nobody asks questions about it anywhere across the 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 platform of mainstream media then and, and she's arrested uploading a documentary exposing the corruption between the military industrial complex and mainstream media then people need to really fucking wake up boss they do because that should tell you right there oh my god why can't i read anywhere about this why hasn't any why did people just why did they attack 
this documentary and an Afghanistan veteran whistleblower with lies instead of actually investigating the arrest of a U.S. journalist as she's uploading a documentary, which turned out to be completely all made up charges. Patrick, I know the feeling. I was arrested for offending someone by a carriage device. They raided me on the 23rd of December 2014 um, and looking for stuff on JPL. It was ridiculous. People don't realize how they don't care. They'll throw charge after charge. But let me tell you the problem. The problem began the next day. When you went on Alex Jones Infowars and outed <laughs> Roger Stone and Paul Manafort, that was when the chaos really, really began. And I, it was like... And things out of whack a bit. Yeah, that was... And I'm saying to people, anyone not noticed this with Bergie and Co? And I said, well, if he's a plant, man, he's definitely holding his... He's, he's a plant giving a lot of weight. Come on. And the fact that... I know what it's like to be marginalized. You just, you just don't seem to get out there. You should be out there you should be on everybody's show what's the problem i'm working on that i'm working on that but listen hey i have to i do have to uh, uh get running here though um uh but i really did enjoy being able to uh, uh spend this time and help getting this message out i really and having a chance to speak with you um uh, uh i i feel for the situation that you're in i really do um well like God told you, I kind of got that on one of my lists uh, to try to see if maybe once all of this, if I can get all of this out and get some of this shit exposed, uh, seeing if we can't address that issue, right, uh, with your immigration and stuff legally. But if not, God is my witness. I'm picking you up at the border, but we got to live stream it. And uh, either way it goes, if you get caught, we're going to be laughing our asses off. Because you got caught, and a nine-year-old girl with Crocs made it through. Well, I'm You're gonna, not going to let that one down. I'm going to wear a Biden T-shirt. <laughs> I love Biden, and I will be wearing some Crocs. I'll rest assured. I love Biden T-shirt. Don't put you right to the front of the line, boss. This is a no-problem thing. Get yourself better. And I, as God's my witness, we'll we'll make calls. We'll figure out how to do this. If a couple grown, a couple grown white guys can't figure out how to smuggle someone across the Mexican border, uh, then we just, we got we got nothing to stand on here, Brendan. So we got to figure that out. Well, look, I'm reliably informed it's very easy. But anyway, look, Patrick, it's great to catch up. I've been waiting ages. And uh, look, I thank you. And I think the truth does take time. So ladies and gents, I think Patrick and I both understand it really does take time. But um, let's see if we can't help you with some of the paperwork, at least get a little brief that's nice and concise for ordinary people to grasp the basics and then they can go into the detail. But this legal paperwork, little people say, what's the point? So look, you've got to do your due diligence. Uh, men and women died and shed blood setting up these institutions. You have to go and put your paperwork in and get a, a market on the record. It's on the public domain. The names are named. It's like a little marker for the future. The truth has legs. Lies always burn out quickly. Patrick, thank you so much. And uh, I look forward to chatting with you again, my friend. Cool. All right, guys. And we will leave it there. Okay. So I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Um, I know when I first heard it, it blew my mind. 
And um, great combo in the chat room. Of course, if any of you guys are interested in watching Shadowgate, we'll do a watch party here on the Foxhole. I think it'd be fun to do. Um, maybe you guys can send a message over to Pilled, uh, to Q&A Holes, or to my personal Mr. C. And just let me know if y'all are the kind that prefer to watch straight through or to like stop and have a conversation. Because we can always do it that way too, um, but because um, there's but because like this this interview was a lot of information. It's the same thing with Shadowgate for especially part one. It's a lot of information. Like I wa I had to watch it about three times before it like I really fully comprehended what was going on, and I think that a lot of people were not expecting it to have the kind of information that it had, and um and and to that point, that's why it was so demonized. Uh, that's why uh, so many people sought to have that banned. And then, of course, with all of that cross, uh, all that cross conversation, um, and and that's what I say um, when it came to Alex Jones' behavior in regard to Millie Weaver and Shadowgate. He really showed who he was, because you don't attack you don't attack the content creator. That's like a cheap way to dismiss something. You 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 mudsling them and, and contact you attack the content of their character. Really? No. You go and you look at the information and you turn it over and you debunk it. And if it's not true, you let us know. Because uh, I remember I'd seen some um, English dude on YouTube that was totally going on about everything was wrong with this and really they were mudslinging at the second uh well i would say the first whistleblower that was tori maris of torysays.com and and they just they they just totally ran this woman's name through the dirt uh they brought all of her dirty laundry out they just did all of that this this bad stuff so you know as i would say um do do the research yourself right uh um have your due diligence and like really try and get your i mean knuckles to the ground if not i hope you've been working on your pineal gland and your heart enough to be able to have discernment you know and that way if something is not true or something has a false face you can sense it right away all right guys i'm gonna leave it there because this has been a longer presentation than normal here for us at foxholes i'm glad i got to do this with you i'm glad you guys hung out with me on a friday night um i had a good dinner oh yeah before i forget um duh i'm wearing the shirt uh so this whole thing about millie weaver and her being arrested and being censored and then there was this whole thing with alex jones being censored and they had this shirt that said um uh we are all alex jones no no no, no guys we are all Millie Weaver, guys. We are all Millie Weaver. So that's all I got to say about that. All right. And we got this shirt at the Q&A whole store. Anyways, shameless plug. I'm sorry, but, you know, it's it's just... I wanted this shirt because I actually went on the show <laughs> and I had taped on my shirt, we are all Millie Weaver. And Mr. W was like, we can just make the shirt. And I was like, okay, that's awesome. <laughs> Anyways. All right, guys. That's all I got to say. We'll have a Shadowgate watch party too. If you can send me a message through pilled at Q&A holes, or if you want to, I mean, we have email addresses and all that good stuff, but you know, that way we can get to find you guys on pilled also, and then and catch up with you guys in the foxhole. That would be awesome. So uh, if you see a Q&A holes, just as it's spelled, go check us out on pilled, um, you know, follow or just get us an email. Let me know how you like to watch your movies. Cause I, I mean, like, I come from a place where it's like, be quiet. I want to hear this movie. You're interrupting me. But that's kind of a learned tendency of mine. Okay. I hope you guys had a great night. It was fun hanging out with you guys in chat. We'll see you guys tomorrow night, Saturday, for Q&A Hulse Live with a special guest. 
do tune in. I'm pretty sure it's confirmed, but I just, I, don't, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's confirmed. W, is it confirmed? I'm pretty sure it's confirmed. But join us at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Central Time. And then the C Report will be back on Monday at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. I cannot wait to see you guys for another report. Have a good night. We'll see you again later. We will make America great again. Q&A horse. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Q&A horse. Q&A horse.